I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Barkley, Jacobs, Pollard, no deals for these three gentlemen you're looking at right here on screen. These Gentlemen who deserve long-term deals, been seeking long-term deals with their prospective teams. Pollard signed his franchise tag a while ago, but was hopeful he'd get a long-term deal worked out with the Dallas Cowboys. That did not happen. 4 p.m., the deadline came, and these guys did not get their deals. Barkley was very close. I've heard definitely, you know, some moments where it felt like it was going to get done, and Barkley tweeted out this uh, shortly after everything went down. He said, it is what it is. Barkley, very, very disappointing that Barkley did not get his long-term deal. Now, right now, he's going to sit out. He's not reporting right now. They're expecting to get him later in the the summer. Jacobs is in full holdout mode, uh, more so than Barkley, but they're both in a position where they're like, we're pissed off right now. We're going to make a little bit of a statement. We're going to put up a little bit of a stink. But I'm going to talk to you why I think this was a huge mistake for Barkley not to sign the deal that that was sitting in front of him. Um, he wanted more. And I don't think he's going to get what he expects, what he expected to get in this negotiation. He's not going to get it at 27 years old. So was it a mistake for Barkley to, to take a stand for what? Nothing's going to change. And we can talk about how how corrupt the running back pay system is in the NFL because it is these running backs are getting getting blasted, but it is it is what it is. Barkley's own words, and so if I was him, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have sat this one out. I'll tell you that right now. Jacobs, Barkley, Pollard. The fantasy football show begins now. Live from the fantasyfootballshow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. So, I, I don't know I don't know really where to begin other than let's throw some respect on 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 these guys name on their names and, and say and say that this these deals should have gotten done these teams should have paid these RBs I want to open it up saying that RBs are completely disrespected in the NFL and they need to get paid better something needs to be looked at you know in terms of all this the the, the problem though to swing back into I don't want to say a, a, a negative direction for the RB is to say, though, like Barkley, his own words, it is what it is. You're not going to make a change or spark a change in a, in a situation right now where you know, you're know you potentially in your final years of being able to grab a hold of some sort of you know cash and get a bag. And Barkley is being offered, a, I don't want to say it was a, a fair amount in his eyes, but it was in the 13 to $14 million dollar uh, Mark, um, how much of it was guaranteed is unknown. That could be the sticking point that we don't have information on. But Barkley's going to walk into a harsh reality in 2024. Even if he leads the league in rushing, which this man did right here, he can't get a long-term deal. Okay, Tony Pollard, as explosive as he looked, 
They say, let's franchise tag them. Running backs are expendable. Whether we like it or not, the NFL looks at it that way, and they're not really going to change. I believe this this stat right here, which is crazy. Uh, I'm not sure if this is uh, this is the one. Yeah, by Adam Schefter. With no long-term deals for Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard, the last time a running back signed a long-term contract worth over $10 million or more, or more per year was Nick Chubb in 2021. So since Nick Chubb, we have not had a, a player sign more than $10 million a year on a long-term deal. And, and Barkley was being offered about $13.5 to $14.5 million per year. How much, again, was guaranteed, I don't know. And that could have been, like I said, the sticking point. But if he thinks he's going to walk into his 27-year-old season after this 2023 season plays out, so next offseason, he'll be 27 years old. If he thinks he's going to walk into that season and get more than he's being offered right now, I, I don't think he is. The only thing that could make sense to me, and, and, I, and, I, and I get this, and it will be more money. It'll be $10 million more, right? Think about Barkley. If, if Barkley does make it out of 2023 unscathed and, and has a great year, such a good year that the team probably even considers franchise tagging him again because he doesn't escape franchise tag threat 2024 him him not signing this deal doesn't make him immune to the franchise tag in 2024 he can be franchise tagged in 2024 saquon barkley and it i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline it would come at a greater cost. Usually teams don't want to franchise tag a player two years in a row because it is very costly. It's about 120% the previous franchise tag amount. So it would be a much more significant, probably be around $14, $15 million. $14 million, I'd imagine, for Barkley, just spitballing that number. But that's how much it would cost to probably franchise tag Barkley next year, maybe $13 or $14 million, depending on the, on the contract amounts. And look, that, that that's probably not going to happen, but it could happen. And so Barkley's not avoiding that. The only thing Barkley could get out of this, if you if you think about it logically, is he plays out this year, he balls out enough to not get franchise tagged again, but enough to earn exactly the kind of offer he was seeking this offseason, and he gets the $10 million plus that new reset, you know, $3 million deal. You know, like that that's what he's hopeful of getting. So he would he would essentially get $10 million, and then now he can come in and get his two to three year deal on $15 million or whatever, $14 million a pop. So at the end of the day, he could be $10 million richer if he just does this deal next year. If he did the deal now, he's not getting a $10 million deal in the back end. Therefore, he's going to get his two or three million or two or three year deal now if he signed it. No extra 10 mil. Whereas he could get 10 million now, do his two or three year deal after, and essentially be $10 million richer. 
The problem with that thinking, though, is that he's got to walk out of 2023 unscathed. He's got to walk out of 2023 with the right amount of balling out so that he can get a big deal and not balling out so much that the team's like, we're franchise tagging you yet again. Now, they may give him his long-term deal next offseason if he goes out there and scores 15 touchdowns, has 1,500 yards rushing, leads the league in rushing as a baller year. But I just think that this this has the potential to end very badly for a guy that will be 27 years old, that had the ACL tear. He knows what it's like to go through all that rehab. And and, and the guy plays at 120,000%. So, I, I I think it was a mistake. I think it was a mistake. If I was Barkley's agent, I would have said, Barkley, let's, you know, maybe they tried. Maybe they tried. Build in some incentives that were similar to Hopkins. I mean, they probably tried. I'm not saying I, I know that they tried and they failed. But this is the kind of stuff that would have made me push this over the edge. Okay, you're not going to give me what I want per year. Give me some sort of benchmark. And maybe these were built in. Maybe these were built in. And, and Barkley still said no because he wanted to to stand on principle. But... Standing on principle, turning 27 as an RB in in an environment where RBs aren't even respected by the NFL or teams. I don't know how he's going to win this battle. And so, you know, signing a $14 million per year year deal would have probably been the best move. But again, we don't know the whole details of of the contract. Now, Jacobs was probably never going to get a a respectable deal. I'm sure they they took some stabs at it. I'm sure he was low-balled. And, and it sucks for Jacobs. As much as I talk about not drafting Jacobs, I want to first start off by saying this guy had an amazing year last year. He had an amazing year last year. He, he led the league in rushing. He deserved a shot and opportunity to go get a, his one big deal that he was going to be able to go get. And the team slapped the prison tag on him, which is what the players call inside the NFL uh, an inside not joke, an inside nickname. For the franchise tag by the players, they called the prison tag, and this guy was slapped with the franchise tag, so he was incapable of going out and getting the bag that he so deservedly earned, you know. And and it sucks for Jacobs. I I, I do acknowledge that they pigeon held him, they put him in a box, and they said you're playing on the franchise tag at ten point one million dollars. Now this guy has a far less likely chance of going and balling out this year than this guy. This guy gets to play in an offense, I think, that can surprise. This guy gets a chance, I think, to, to, to lead the league in rushing this year. And this guy's going to face eight-man front after eight-man front. And he's so upset and pissed off that he's playing in a situation where Jimmy G's the quarterback. He He's not signing his, his franchise tag. Now, either is he, but I think he's just mad in the, in the moment. He will return this guy's not holding out. This guy's smarter than that. He's not going to sit on a shelf and not make $10.1 million and, and come in next year and be, what, have cobwebs on him? Have, have people say, okay, this is a guy that had an ACL tear. Now he's just going to take off a year. This, the, the rust the rust will be a factor. There's no way he can enter 27 years old, taking a full year off and get the market value he thinks he's going to get. So I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely that he's playing for another team in 2024 by sitting out the entire season. And Jacobs, I don't know how far he's going to take this. He can only take it so far. Both these guys can only take it so far. The reason they can take it a little further right now is because they're not obligated to sign the tag this very moment. They will at cert- a certain point need to move forward or if they do hold out, what happens is when they start accruing fines or the potential fines, they're just going to take that right out of what they're going to make when they finally sign and come in. 
So they're going to accrue, what, millions of dollars in fines, sign their $10.1 million deal and get that, you know, uh, whittled down to like 7 mil, 6 mil. I, I, I think they're just going to prove a point as long as they can prove it, make things uncomfortable for their teams. But the problem is that the longer you hold out, the more likely you are to suffer some sort of injury. I'm not as concerned yet. Could I get concerned about this? I could. I could, and, and there's a couple couple uh, comments that said, Smitty, aren't you worried about him holding out? I'm, I'm not too worried right now, but could I get there? Absolutely. I mean, the, the longer they hold out, especially a running back, the longer anybody holds out this franchise tag, the longer that the, the, both of these guys hold out, the, the more likely they are to suffer injury during the 2023 NFL season. Now, Pollard signed his franchise tag right away. You know, in hopes that the team would come around and say, hey, look, we want to lock you down so you don't go nuts on us and then we got to overpay you. We'll give you a long-term deal. He was hopeful. It, it, it never felt like it was likely to happen. And uh, he was the least likely of the three to get a long-term deal. Jacobs was the second least likely to get a long-term deal. And Barkley was the most likely to get a long-term deal. But as I mentioned here in this little tweet here from Adam Schefter, uh, Schefter uh, with no long-term deals for both, are all three of these guys, Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard, the last running back to sign a long-term deal worth $10 million or more per season was Nick Chubb in 2021. Now, what does this mean for the RB? Does the RB change into a wide receiver like Gibbs and somehow get paid on a different pay scale? Is that potentially the solution? Does a guy like Jameer Gibbs qualify for more money after two or three seasons of being one of the most electric pass catchers in the National Football League from a running back position? Can it go down to snaps? How many snaps do you get as a wide receiver? How many receptions do you get? Maybe that's the solution. Maybe you're paid like a wide receiver the moment you pull in 55-plus receptions as an RB. But then do teams stop using their RB in the receiving game? This is just an endless, un, uh, incapable of being police situation. And at some point, as much as we hate it, as much as we feel like it's not right, it is what it is in terms of, and this is his words, not mine. It is what it is in terms of the market is being set by the market. And and as much as it feels like, oh, they're getting screwed out of, out of, out of money when other players are getting paid big, Hopkins gets this massive deal with huge incentives. Hopkins' deal yesterday was absolutely... Uh, monstrous when you think about it. Hopkins getting his uh, where, where's where's this? Let me see the the contract numbers here. It was a it was a two year twenty six million dollar deal with three millions available incentives each year. So if Hopkins gets sixty five receptions, he gets two hundred fifty k. He gets eighty five receptions, he gets seventy five k. He gets one million dollars at ninety five receptions. He gets one million dollars at ten fifty yards. He gets one million dollars at ten TDs. He gets three million per season. If he gets to 95 catches, 1050 receiving, and 10 touchdowns. And 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 that that contract to me, if I was Barkley, would have made me run to the table and sign a 15, $14.5 million per year deal as an RB that's getting disrespected. As an RB where we haven't seen an RB sign a long-term deal over $10 million per season since Nick Chubb. I would have run to the table and said, you know what? Me signing any sort of $15 million or $14 million a season deal actually does good for the running back market right now because we haven't had a $10 plus million running back since 2021 Nick Chubb. 
So, you know, is $14.5 million really that disrespectful? Were they not even giving him, him that? Was that a rumor? Do we have confirmation? We don't. We don't know exactly what Barkley's offer was on the table. We've heard rumors. We've heard 13 and a half. We've heard, we've heard 14. How much was guaranteed? Some of these details we don't know. So it's hard to judge him too harshly. But at the end of the day, I don't think there are any white doves or, or, or you know, uh, flowers or roses or cookies waiting for him on the other side of this. I think that, you know, potentially this was a, a grave mistake for for Barkley to pass on. Um, I'm going to take your phone calls in just a minute. Josh Jacobs, again, more likely to hold out longer, in my opinion. Barkley, I think Barkley's frustrated. I don't blame him, but I think part of him, you know, he needs to look. I think part of him is going to regret not taking this deal. I don't think he's getting what's what he thinks is waiting for him in 2020. Uh, for but we'll have to see Pollard. I still love all. I still love all these guys in terms of talent. I hate his situation, Jacobs, and and I think his situation is going to end the worst because uh, I don't know that he's going to have near the same season at all with the eight man fronts and Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo moving the, the trying to move the chains. And remember, Jacobs said that he would sign the franchise tag if they brought in like Aaron Rodgers if they reloaded. He would gladly. I believe the words were somewhere along the lines of he would happily sign the franchise tag. If they were going to go for a championship, the moment they signed Jimmy G, he said, I'm not signing my franchise tag. He clearly, him and Adams both have verbalized. They don't agree with the direction that the team's taking uh, things and they don't want to play for Jimmy G necessarily, not necessarily Jimmy G, but they don't want to play for a quarterback that is not capable of winning uh, long-term. And, and by long-term, I mean the season long. Like, I, this guy, could he win a game? Sure, but they don't believe in Jimmy G. That's why they didn't sign the franchise tag. He would have signed it if Aaron Rodgers had came to Las Vegas to play football. Uh, Pollard, I think, has a, a phenomenal year. I think if he gets hurt, he's in trouble. His dynasty value is volatile because if he does get injured again, he will probably not have a starting job and a big-time salary waiting him 2024. So a long-term deal was critical for Pollard's dynasty value. It's not essential, but it was a critical, nice little um, added uh, piece to build into his dynasty value if he did end up getting a long-term deal because then his job's safe. If he went out there on a two- or three-year deal, you know, worth, let's say, $13 million a year, and Pollard walked in to 2023, 2024, and 2025 on a contract, he's going to be more likely to be the starter no matter what happens. If he gets banged up and misses five games, if he misses the final four weeks of the season, if something else more catastrophic happened, he would get a shot to start again. If he gets injured this year on the franchise tag, nothing's awaiting him, and no team's going to come knocking and put him in a starting job in 2024 free agency if he's unable to stay healthy this year. So it's a little bit of a risk with him long-term but I love him in 2023, and I do love him long term as well. It just comes with some risk. You gotta be you gotta be accepting of. Uh, Barkley, he's the most like likely of these three guys to get his deal eventually next year. It, but it's not it's not a it's not the kind of thing that you can bank on. So I'm gonna take phone calls right now and answer super chats. Dial in. Call into the show. Call, call into the show. the show and we'll discuss these gentlemen right here uh very curious to know what some of you think let me check the super chats and make sure i didn't miss any i sure did rock out came in hot smitty added again breaking news appreciate you rock out let's go uh we got marty calling in marty marty you're live pal what can i do for you what are you thinking what's going through your mind right now marty boy well right now i'm I had a question 
about uh about I'm in a I'm in a sixteen man league and they spun the wheel, I got put in the fifteenth spot. Okay. Fifteen it's a sixteen man league? Sixteen man league. I'm in a I'm fifteen out of uh two running back, two receiver it, it, flex tight end to be. Two running back, two receiver, flex tight end, uh and, and a one quarterback? Yeah, and then Okay. Yeah. So um, let let quarterback so you, ride. Let quarterback ride because there are a significant number of quarterbacks. This changes the landscape a little bit. When you're playing in a sixteen man league, I, I don't know that I'd go early quarterback necessarily. Um, I think you can still get a, a T law, maybe even field slips to you in your third round pick. But I would draft him earlier because your your rounds are longer. So you clearly like if you get fields in round three or T law, you need to you need to jump on that. But I think you know overall, um, you you just, you just want to take that best player available, bro. You don't want to be drafting around position chasing position. If you get there and and you got to take uh, in your second round, you got to take Jameer Gibbs because it's equivalent to like a three point four. What what's your second round pick? What what is the actual pick number? Twenty what? My second round pick it would yeah. be like like nineteen probably. Oh I'm really? 15, okay. Okay, you're fifteen. 15, oh yeah, oh, you're 18, sorry. 18. I'm sorry. You already told me what your draft slot was. You said you're you're drafting fifteen out of sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So you got nice close almost bookend picks there. So you're talking about like Alave and Brees Hall. You're talking about a pretty balanced approach you could deploy. Well, like usually, like in our, um, this is like the mock draft I do. Yeah, it's not. It's not in best ball. I remember you told me one time you're like, like why don't you do best ball? Because I do in the fantasy app or whatever. Uh, but uh, our league's in the fantasy, and um, usually I can like the three players around that area. You have Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, and Brees Hall. Usually fall there. Amon Ra, Brees Hall, yeah, Alave, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson could fall. Demir Gibbs is a little early. Like you said, you got that early pick um, in round two. I would say your third round pick, um, you know, one person had a good idea in here. uh, Fantasy Dad says, what about A.J. Brown and Hurt stack? I mean, that that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, that wouldn't be horrible, but. I'm not so worried about stacking because it's not best ball. So it sounds great to stack it, but it doesn't get you one single advantage. Um, let's see here. I, I, I would say I would say you just gotta you just gotta pick that best player, bro. Don't don't even think about position. I know it's easy to think about position in a 16 man league, but if you come out balanced out of that first two rounds, you're gonna be you're gonna be eventually drafting against traffic at some point because everyone's going to be well, scrambling. So, like, what could you get fields in, re- in round three? You got, I can, you got, yeah, I can get fields. In, I, like, usually I can get, um, I don't know, I don't like the fantasy mock draft is all like, like, I don't know, it's all weird, but I can get like third and fourth round, I can get Kenneth Walker and fields. Bro, if you can get Walker Fields and then get St. Brown and Garrett Wilson, that'd be amazing. If you get St. Brown and Brees Hall and Walker and Fields here in a 16-team league, you're just walking straight to the bank. So I would use that as my loosely based strategy. I I wouldn't say you stick to that no matter what, but you walk out with, yeah, like Wilson, Alave, 
or St. Brown and Olave or St. Brown and whatever, you, you, you'll you be walking straight to the bank. You know, cause Which you, one's the best combination, though? Like Wilson, well, Wilson and Amon Ra, or is that the best one? Uh, Wilson, Amon Ra um, is probably the best you could get, I imagine, at 16 and, and or 15 and 18, right? 15 and 18? Yeah, I, that's the best you're going to get. And I highly doubt you get that. But if you get that, you walk straight to the bank, young man. Especially if you think you can get Kenneth Walker and Justin Fields. Um, the other the other kind of crafty approach you can you can take is maybe you go wide receiver, wide receiver, uh, you know, Fields. And then, you know, it, it, well, no, I would, I would get Walker. If Walker's there, I'd get Walker. If Gibbs is there, I'd get Gibbs. I, I would be tempted to take Gibbs in the third round. And try and steal Fields in that next round, and if you couldn't get T. Law, that's some that's something to, something to entertain. But Walker well, and Fields is phenomenal. Usually Jameer, I mean, usually Gibbs doesn't fall that low. He usually goes like, yeah, um, you're. I would say like beginning third round. Be careful on those on those ESPN mocks. You might get your hopes up and not get it. Okay, hey, let's let's jump onto these topics here. Barkley, uh, where where do you value Barkley right now, uh, Maddie? Um, Call in if you guys want to ask a question. Like, I like I like Gibbs a little more. I'd say I'd put him at like five or four. You like Gibbs more than Barkley? I, I can't blame you, but the, you're definitely not going to have to pay that price tag. By the way, what what what, what I think uh, what I think I want to talk about in a in a video tonight, and I'm going to get there, is more so the impact of what this guy is doing here in round number four and also what Derrick Henry is doing to everybody else because Derrick Henry is climbing up draft boards like crazy. I'm going to have a separate video on this specific topic, so we'll get into it just briefly here because I'm going to save it for the the content and the video I'm going to do on this. But Derrick Henry has gone from a third-round pick climbing into the top of two, and I wouldn't be surprised if some people were taking him at the turn and what that's going to do is shove Gibbs down a little more. What that what that's going to do is shove Christian Watson down a little more. It's going to shove Kenneth Walker clearly into the fourth round and and maybe even into the the top of five, almost locked in. Burrow's going to be almost cemented in the fourth round. Hopkins is also taking part in this. So Hopkins and Derrick Henry are doing some nice cementing of ADPs for us. And I I, I think this is going to jostle ADP data. In a very, very, very positive way, Barkley is probably heading to. If I had to guess, I don't think. I think he's heading to the bottom of round two. I think Barkley's people are going to be worried enough about Barkley that he's going to fall all the way to the bottom of round two. No, Smitty, we swerve. We swerve, Henry. That's right, Mile High. So th- this is the 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 Henry climb. And the Hopkins climb are the best things that could have ever happened to our community. The best things that could have ever happened to our community because all of our all of our ballers here potentially fall below these guys. Maybe Hopkins, maybe Gibbs still goes above Hopkins, but I think Hopkins might drop Burrow and and Watson and London and and definitely Walker and and just give us a whole lot of opportunity. I'm hoping Hopkins locks into like the top of round four, but we'll have to see. And I hope Walker stays in five. It's gonna be crazy, man. It's the best thing that's ever happened to our community this this offseason. Henry and Hopkins and what what where those values are going. Um let's go over to the Patrick real quick. Maddie, hang tight. Patrick, what's up? 
My fault, man. I had you on mute. I'm in. What's up? Uh, man, um, first off, the, I know this was your show the other day uh, when you broke the Hopkins news. I completely 100% agree with you that, like, I'm still I'm still not drafting Hopkins. I'm not. Uh, I love what it does for Oconquo, though. Yeah, what, what it does for Oconquo, what it does for all the players I just named. I mean, Hopkins landing... I didn't even really realize how impacting it would be to the other players until I started looking at some early mock draft data, doing a doing an early draft on Underdog Fantasy. And if you guys want to draft tomorrow night, we're drafting on Underdog Fantasy tomorrow night. Um, promo code Smitty. Link is in the description of the video. The link is, uh, I can drop the link right now for everybody if you want to make sure you sign up ahead of time because you won't get in if you don't hit this link early. So please hit that link right now. Let me pin it right now in the live chat. But honestly, I, did, I didn't think that things would get this crazy. I didn't think things would get this crazy across the board for all these other players and these ADPs based on this news. It just didn't really resonate quite yet how it would, how it would all get jostled around. But Hopkins climbing to... Has anybody, Andy's on the line, Maddie's on the line, and the Patrick's on the line. Have you guys gotten a sense of where Hopkins has climbed up to? Or have you not really felt the ADP climb yet? Does anybody have an example in a recent draft they did where Hopkins climbed into like 4.1 or 4.2? Do any one of you guys have an example? I, I don't in underdog, but on to, to not name any other settings. Uh, he's going right in five. He's He seems to be going right in five. Uh I, in the two other formats that I'm drafting. Yeah, I, I think you'll climb into four easily. But I think that makes Walker a, a fifth-round, top of fifth-round staple, or at least 4.10 to 4.11, 4.12, 5.1, 4.5.2 staple. That makes amazing, yeah. That makes Walker an amazing value. But but Henry Henry climbing up from, where was Henry? Probably 3.1 to 3.5. That's probably where yeah. Henry was. I, so Henry's moving Garrett Wilson potentially down. He's moving St. Brown potentially down. Maybe. We'll, we'll see where Henry yeah. climbs to. But he's moving Brees Hall down. He's moving Tony Pollard down. Tony Pollard was a guy. Now that we're on the topic of Tony Pollard, let's go back to the screen real quick. Tony Pollard was a guy that was going in the middle of round two to the to late round two. Now with Derrick Henry climbing, we may just see Tony Pollard fall into round number three. Because Tony Pollard was borderline to, you know, going in two periodically and sometimes in three, but Henry's going to replace him. Because it isn't like a guy climbs up and then everybody just stays where they're at. Everybody gets jostled down and moved around. And when a player moves on ADP rankings in the in the running back category or the wide receiver category or the tight end or quarterback category, they don't just move one ADP slot overall. They move one running back slot, and that transitions to about three or four overall ADP slots because yeah. you, you have quarterbacks and tight ends and everybody in the mix. So if this guy was running back you know, X and now he becomes running back Y overall, that will be considered in all different you know settings differently. And so this guy who had a second-round price tag – and 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 uh, we've had a couple people in here, like Ron Navy, for example, that didn't like him in the second round. And and last night I asked him, do you like him in the third round? If if let's say Henry climbs from the third round into the top of two and bumps Pollard into round three, do you now like Tony Pollard? And he said yes. Uh, we got a seven seven five seven caller. Who's this? You're live on the show. How you doing, Mr. Meat? 
Mr. Meat? Yeah, Meat. Yeah, Meat. What, what's, what's up, Meat? Hey, what's going on? It's Meat. I'm watching you live, man. I just wanted to throw an idea out there. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Do you think the reason why the NFL is devaluing these running backs, because if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, that's who all that's who getting most of the injuries is the running back position. Well, I mean, cer- certainly, that that is why the teams are going the route they're going. Like, like that is a hundred percent the you know the main reason. Right. It's also so, a. So, pos- just look- so that's why I said I'm earlier sorry, when, when Saquon Barkley said this right here. He said it is what it is. He's almost making the right. argument that that is really the true argument. The truest argument here is that you can only do so much, you know, to change this. You can't go walking into the the pay structures and just like being unfair to the other positions to an extreme degree. Like you can maybe yeah. structure in some sort of like franchise tagging can't happen with RBs, or uh, you know, running backs. Um, you know, something with rookie contracts, maybe they're, they've got different, uh, you know, they can't be, they can't, they can't have a, a, a fifth year option, you know, like there, there could be right. something that they can add to it that doesn't make it extremely, extremely unfair, but you can't just say RBs get paid more. Teams don't have to sign an RB and teams don't have to, they'll just not draft RBs. I, I think what ultimately exactly. has to happen is that these RBs have to become more long lasting it's up to the RB, you know, like, so, so like in terms of like a Jameer Gibbs, I mean, maybe Jameer Gibbs can play elite, that type of running back, even though he's smaller, he's going to be playing right. potentially at 29 years old instead of 27 years old at an elite level. If they're playing him at wide receiver way more than they're playing him at running back. Look at Jarek McKinnon as an example. Jarek McKinnon's what? 31. Isn't he 31 years old? 31. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon's. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he'd hold up as a full-time running back at 31, but look how how good and fresh he still looks. Like you're when you're an RB playing wide receiver a majority of the time, that probably will be what a lot of a lot of the R, RBs maybe transition to. And maybe we see a lot of the bigger backs two, three, four, five years from now not necessarily be, be as plentiful because you know a lot of dads in Pop Warner. It's going to take a lot of years to resonate. But a lot of dads in Pop Warner are going to turn to their son and go, "You don't want to play running back, son. You know you're not going to get paid right. anything." And so, like, how is it going to deteriorate the position? You know, there'll always be RBs. Everything's a cycle. But the 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 more running backs get hurt, and the more you have ACL tears, and the more you have big dollar amounts being committed to an RB and then having it go to waste, the more teams going to rightfully say, I'm not investing a lot of money in an RB if they're not going to hang around. The problem I have, right. though, the problem I have, bro, is that Barkley – is proving right now how valuable he is. He's not injured right now. He's one of the hardest workers in the National Football League, and he's sitting here deserve deserving what he's asking for. And it's not like he's but, getting but, paid a crazy amount. He's getting probably wanting sixteen million dollars a year. You know, he probably probably be a third year would be team friendly. So it's probably something along the lines of like thirty two to thirty five million dollars that are essentially. Not fully guaranteed, but pretty much all achievable. That's what he wants, and and you know Hopkins is right. getting twenty six million with three million dollars. I I don't know. I I think Barkley should have signed it. Yep. I I don't think Barkley's getting what he thinks I, in twenty twenty four. I agree with you. To me, it seems like the NFLPA just oh, hold on. Let, let's yeah, let. Only... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my, meet. 
mean, my, 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 my only other point is that remember Barkley's been hurt the last two years over the course of his last four years in the league. As far as Jacobs is concerned, he's dealing with a New England, a former New England coach. Remember, the Patriots do not uh, keep running back typically over four years. At the four-year mark, they let him go get somebody else. And so Jacobs dealing with the same kind of coach like that. He's not going to get that deal. Just a year previous to that, they was talking about getting rid of him anyway. So I don't know why he's making a big deal about uh, finding his franchise tax considering – they gave him a shot last year and fed him handsomely. Yeah, I, I think Tony I, Pollard. I think I'm sorry. I think Tony Pollard to get his money in the end. Like you said, like you said, he got to stay healthy though. He's got to because he's gotta. if he don't, then he he looking at nothing. Like I said about 2024. Jacobs is screwed in in that yep. he's going to have a a really rough year comparatively to last year. And there's no way yeah. he's going to get what he could have got. Like, everybody can say what they want. Like, Smitty, you're against Jacobs. He'll do fine. You'll see. But I almost promise you that I can almost guarantee you that he will not get what he could have got had he was a- if he was able to go out and, and search coming off of a, a season, league-leading, rushing, you know, yardage type of, type of season. He's not going to see yeah. the efficiency that he did last year with the stretch field with Derek Carr just throwing missiles to to, to Devontae Adams, right. regardless oh, yeah. of wins and losses. So this is going to end very, very badly for Jacobs. Uh, Pollard, it it's is. all in Pollard's hands, whether he can create, you know, destiny. He's in control of his own destiny. He's got to stay healthy and ball out. Uh, that's good, though. In, in yeah. a way, for redraft, this is kind of good for us because we know Pollard's going to do whatever it takes. You know, and so like that's yeah. kind of that's kind of nice. We don't want him to get hurt and overdo it, but at the same time, he's he's got to be hungry because if he's not, he's not getting a deal. So Pollard's going to have right, good twenty twenty three instead of Barkley. Same thing. The problem with Barkley is Barkley always plays one hundred percent. You know, and he plays one hundred ten percent. And the likelihood of injury for him, and maybe this goes back to hey, how can you get mad at the team when you're you're essentially telling me, <laughs> Smitty. That, that you're afraid he's going to go get hurt and not be able to get his long-term right. deal. Well, that's why we're not paying him, Smitty. You know what I mean? So I, right. I get it. And, and that's right. why I say that teams can't – you can't really be too hard on teams because they're playing within the confines of the system. And the system allows yeah. them to go short-term with running backs, cycle them in, and until you get a Bijan, until you get a yep. player – that you feel like you want to pay early on in their career. Barkley does qualify as that player, but he does have many years, you know, in the rear view, respectively, and an, a big injury. So it makes it harder to throw him into the, yep. the Bijan category. Get Bijan, you know, but yeah. B, but Bijan, if Bijan comes out of his rookie, you know, or his, his rookie deal heading into his, you know, fifth year option, and they say we're going to extend him. He's had no significant injuries. He'll get his bag, I think. But it's going to be rare yeah. for a running back to come off of their their first, especially their first round running back, which is is maybe yeah. you know maybe not going to happen like it did this year. Next year, we don't really know. But it, it, I don't I don't think players are going to come off their fourth year heading into their fifth year option and be able to get this three or four year deal. It's it sucks. It is yeah, what it true. is. Uh, hold on, let's go over it. Last thing, man. Uh, yeah, last thing, Smitty, I want to say I like, I love your show, man. I be watching you, you know, uh, all your shows live. I watch everything, man. You're doing a great job, man. Keep up the good work. Thank and, you. Uh, I really, we, we really appreciate your show. Thank you, Mr. Meat. We appreciate you.
Yes, sir. You Mr. have a good one now. Mr. Meats, right? All right, later. Yes, sir. Later. We we got we got the meats. When Meats calls in, we got the meats in the building. Uh, Andy, you're live. Yeah, um, I was just—I mean, the players' union, I think, really screwed these players pretty bad. That's what the union is for—to protect them. They should have definitely had this set up. I mean, when I saw Jeff Saturday going in there with that lawyer, I knew it was going to be bad for the players. And here we go. Yeah. Um, the the problem is, yeah. Drop a meat emoji in, in the live chat. Everybody loves meats. Meats is a good dude. Uh, I I I think that the problem is, and I don't mean to sound callous with this, but People are only going to care so much about this. These guys are getting paid ten million. Like boohoo, you know. Like how 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 much how much you know sadder can we get that these guys are all getting paid ten point one million dollars this year? <laughs> you know, like it. Yeah, there's a re- like true. like when you think about it, the franchise tag is in place to for a reason compensate them fairly. They're getting paid the the you know top five, top ten, depending on different tags in the NFL. You know, so like in a case of like a, a quarterback or or a case of Barkley getting the average of the top five, you know, RB salaries, like are we really are we really all that offended that they're getting paid like one of the best running backs in the National Football League, but just on one year? Like it, it is kind of set up to protect the running back. The only thing is what we're what we're saying here and we're ultimately fighting against our own argument in a way like I go back and forth on this topic a little bit because I don't think it's really cut and dry it's it's got some gray area to it but it's like if if these running backs are all that worried about getting injured and and playing on this one-year deal that's why the teams are concerned giving them the deals <laughs> you know what I mean so it's like I, I I understand where a team's coming from. Yeah, I think but a lot of these guys aren't Barkley either, and they're not filthy rich, and they're out there, and you know what I mean. A lot of their money goes, you know, for other things. I know, but if you get but you're getting paid ten, but you're getting paid ten. They should have a fair shot, and and the and the running back position is totally different than other positions. Yeah, but so it is a ten point one million dollar deal. I mean, the deal. owners just played the union like a fiddle in that negotiation. I mean, they did, and but it's it's, it's top five. Get, but it's top five salary. Like, what can you really say? The only thing I would say is that, like, maybe maybe there needs to be some sort of, like, I don't know. This is just, I'm spitballing here. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the solution is. Maybe if a player gets franchise tagged, like, there's some sort of ability they have to extend it themselves for the second year or something. You know what I mean? Like, if if you're getting franchise tagged and you had the ability to say, I want it to be a two-year you know, then the team wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I just, I think the problem is if right. Barkley knew he was going to get something at the end of this for sure, if he knew he was going to get franchise tag at least next year as well, guaranteed, then he'd be getting $10.1 million for, like, I'm not saying he would he would necessarily do it, but if he, if he knew he could extend that or exercise that or something, then he would feel more comfortable playing on the $10.1 million tag too. But, like, I, I just don't understand how how you can resolve it. There's no way way to resolve it because it markets itself, it, it polices itself, and it it is what it is. Barkley said it him, himself. Those are the best words I could have used. It is what it is. You either you either ball out and get a long term deal becomes so valuable that a team's like we can't live without you, or you're not going to probably get you know what some of these other players are getting, and that's just the nature of the position. It sucks. It is. It yeah, is what it is. A strange thing when Devontae Parker gets whatever eleven, twelve million a year, and yeah. because you but know, that, they but get that's on the, 
that's on the if team. If you were Barkley, would you sign this? Would you sign this ten million dollar deal if you were Barkley? If I was Barkley, because I would have signed. If I was Barkley, I would have signed the fourteen million dollar two three year deal, whatever was being offered to him. I mean, we have to we have to be shown the exact number because maybe there's something that was it's going to make me step back. But I, from what I've heard, right. they were very much meeting in the middle ground area, and Barkley just wanted to get paid 16 mil per year. Is what I heard. Maybe the guarantees weren't what we thought they were, and and, and for that reason, I have to hold a little bit of my opinion back instead of saying like Barkley screwed up entirely. I just think that Barkley's going to regret this because if he gets injured. He's not getting what he could have got today, next year. You know, like I know in his mind. Like, he, he, that's it. But hold on, here, here, here's what, here's what he's thinking, and I don't blame him. He's thinking if I sign a three year deal today, I'm not getting another ten million dollars at the back end of it. No one's signing me to a one year ten million dollar deal four years from now. Okay, so that three to four year window, right. he wants to start it one year later. So he wants to get paid $10 million this year, then sign his $15 million a year, three-year deal after on the backside. But the problem is, it's not going to work out that way because he'll be 27. If he goes into next offseason, guess what he's going to get? A two, Essentially a two-year deal. So right now, he could probably get that three-year deal. And I don't, again, I don't know the exact terms of, of the deal he was being offered at the end in the 11th hour. But if you could negotiate a three-year deal now, at the end of the day... You know, you're getting 14. Let's say you're getting 14 million even for for guaranteed to two years, and you have some sort of banking on yourself. You know, piece into that, and the, it probably is a team friendly third year deal. But maybe, maybe he, maybe he was able to get three years. You know, fully guaranteed, not fully guaranteed, but three years um, with incentives that he can reach. I, I just don't know why he thinks he can he can get that at 27 because the same offer won't be there. The same offer will not be there next year because no one's going to give him a three- or four-year deal at 27 years old. Eckler can't even get his own team to extend him. And goes out and plays, they run you into the dirt. Yeah, and, and like that's... they did with Jacobs last year. Last year of his contract, run him into the dirt. Yeah, um, what... what uh... What's going on here? Space Ricky, what are you doing? Um, I see I see uh hold on. I saw Space Ricky, what are you doing? Was okay, he accidentally must have hit the wrong button. I think Space Ricky was was uh putting uh swaggy in timeout or something. What happened there, Space Ricky? He accidentally uh, hit the the wrong button. Okay. Be careful in there, Space Ricky. Um okay, uh that cap is going to go up, says Ghost. That's the other thing, too. Okay, everyone needs to realize salaries are going to go up over the course of the, the next two years. Um, every single year, every single two years, the cap, the, the cap goes up by about 20% roughly. Okay? So, um, I, I, feel, I feel like at the end of the day, if somehow Barkley does escape... Does escape injury, balls out, but not so much that they franchise tag him again. And the Giants could franchise tag him again. They could franchise tag him again at the end of all this. If he escapes uh, injury, then there's a there's a good chance Barkley, you know, may still get a two a very nice two year deal and still get that ten million this year and ends up working out for him. I'm not saying it can't work out for him. A lot of people said Lev Le Bell it all worked out for Lev Bell, but it didn't work out for Lev Bell. Lev Bell held out. 
okay, didn't get his $10 million, or I think it was, at the time it was like $14 million, I forget what it was for Love Bell. He didn't get his $14 million, then he signed a $20 million deal. Everyone's like, see, he held out, didn't play for, for $12 million, but got 20 Smitty. Yeah, but if he played on the franchise tag, maybe he would have got hurt, maybe he wouldn't have. He would have had $10 million plus the $20 million. He would have walked away with $30 plus million. That's the whole point here. Is Barkley, at the end of the day, Barkley can't sit out. He can't sit out. If 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 teams are devaluing running backs like like they are right now, does anybody really think a team's going to say, "Hey, there's a guy that didn't put any miles on last year. He's got cobwebs all over him. There's rust all over him. Let's throw him out there." Had an ACL tear. He sat out the entire season. Hasn't played football in a full year. Throw him out onto the field. No one's gonna no one's gonna sign Barkley to a, a three or four year deal after sitting out an entire season turning twenty seven years old. So I have zero concerns about him really holding out during the season. My main concern will be how long does he hold out? How long does he hold out? Because if he holds out too long, he runs the risk of injury. I don't care if he's working out, pulling tractors with his teeth. I don't care if he's doing, you know, push-ups on rubber bands with weights around his neck and chains. Doesn't matter. He needs to be out on the football field, cutting, using his knees, shifting, twisting, you know, uh, uh, doing things on, on the field, on the turf, on the grass. He needs to be out there with his teammates, getting in a rhythm. Look at Debo Samuel. How much out of tune and out of sync Debo was. He blamed Shanahan and, and had underhanded comments about we put it behind us, but he really blames his bad season. And you could say Debo needs to just take responsibility for it. And he kind of did. He says he never wants to put that kind of pitiful film back on, in, in, you know, back on another piece of uh, film room tape again. But he does blame that he was out of sync. He wasn't in there in tune. And so Barkley's got to be careful because if Barkley's fighting for a, a contract next year, Barkley can't afford to go in and get hurt. Barkley can't afford to go in and be out of sync. Barkley can't afford to go in and not have a full volume because he's been sitting out and they're building around it and saying, you know what? Well, you know, they're not going to take away Barkley's carries necessarily, but you got to show up. So I think he's smart enough to know that. I think he's smart enough to know he's a little bit upset right now. He's going to be a little upset. Give him a couple days. I wouldn't be shocked if Barkley did not even really hold out much at all you know, to sign the tag and get in there. Because as soon as he signs it, he could get fined if he doesn't show up. So right now he's just kind of sitting. Okay, I'm sitting, I'm pissed off. It is what it is. Give him time. Give him time. A lot, a lot of people are reporting he won't show up to camp now. He's fully expected to not show up or show up show up in, in, August, in even August. Let, let, let the dust settle. This guy's a smart man. He's going to come to work. He's going to prove that they made the mistake. And he's going to come out firing in 2023. But, but we still have to wait until that happens before we can put all full confidence into him having a very, very healthy season. This man right here feels a little bit more perturbed and upset. And I, I, I wouldn't be shocked that both of them showed up at the same time. But I wouldn't be shocked that this man actually took it a lot longer into, to the point of no, you know, almost no return and then shows up. Because Jacobs is pissed off. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there and he's begging for a long-term deal because he's scared to death he's going to go out and get smashed and not get anything at the end of the rainbow. This guy right here has been a model citizen, Tony Pollard. Signed his deal, was hopeful the team would extend him, but he's still going to work. And he understands his value. He's got a lot to prove. He can't really have the luxury of saying, I rushed for a league-leading rushing yard total. You know, give me the big, you know, the big fat deal. He got injured last year, his really only big unleashing year. So he didn't have much, uh, no pun intended, a real leg to stand on in terms of this situation. Barkley is going to be pissed off 
Give him time. He'll be he'll bounce back. Isaac dropping a twenty dollar hauler. Hold on, gentlemen. Hold on one second. I gotta I gotta punch this alert. Super chat alert. Isaac, my guy, dropping it large here tonight. We live in a world where Baker Mayfield has the opportunity to be a starting QB on four teams in the past three years, and nobody batted an eye, but running back ones get bad deals or locked on bad teams. NFL is going down like the NBA, says Isaac. Isaac is not happy. Appreciate your super chat, Isaac. All right, let me head over to D-Class real quick. D-Class, you're live. What can I do for you? And, and it's super... Super job here, Isaac, lately. You've just been bringing the good comments, the good content, the, the logical takes, and in and, and, and super chats and support. Appreciate you, Isaac. Isaac to the moon. To the moon. Uh, go ahead, D-Class. Isaac to the moon. I second that. Isaac, I got some good stuff to say. Man, how you doing? Hardest working man in NFL news. Hardest working man in fantasy. How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. Oh, my boy, my, my boy Reebok in the building. Joseph, this is our new follower. I don't know if you guys remember when I showed him on hey. on video. I was like, this is Reebok said he was gonna be a new follower. He got 232 people in the building right now, and Reebok's one of them. Let's give Reebok a standing ovation because he's a man of his word. He said he'd become a follower moving forward when I met him at the Scott Fishbowl in Las Vegas. Yeah. Reebok in the building. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, uh, uh D class. D class, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good, man. You're good. I, appreciate I, get, you. I get flashbacks of Melvin Gordon whenever I hear Arby's holding out. I uh, think about how he he sat there for and he lost and he lost out on everything. So I don't have too much of a take on that. Honestly, I was going to ask you a question about this best ball draft, but I mean that's my take on on Arby's holding out. I just go, remember Melvin Gordon? No, I don't either because he stopped playing. Yeah, <laughs> he held out yeah. when he shouldn't. So, uh, Lev Bell, Lev Bell, Lev, when Lev Bell held out, ruined his career. You know yeah, he still got yeah. a he still got a big contract from the Jets, but his career was ruined. So Bar- Barkley yeah. knows that Barkley's not holding out. Um, he's just going to do a mini you know flex or whatever for a while. But the but the the truth is, and and I wasn't feeling this way a couple days ago because I had a couple people ask me. I had some guy DM me too, and he DM me on Instagram. And he said, "Smitty, um, oh don't you know that Barkley's holding out?" And I was like, "Bro." Like, you know, I, I, don't you think I know, I know this, that, that he's threatening to hold out. Don't you think I, cause I drafted him in the Scott Fishbowl. I was like, but I, I don't think it's going the distance at all. Like he's not sitting out the year, but to that guy, right. I will say that today, cause you know, word was, this was going to potentially come down to the wire and it did, but it went in the wrong direction. It flipped in the wrong direction. There's concern. There's concern, but not a lot. I, I, the concern is, will he hold out long enough to, to maybe create some sort of, potential injury risk you know that's it he's not sitting out the year Barkley's too smart to do that but there is risk that wasn't really there prior to today you know but but would I still draft him in round two absolutely would would I draft him at the top of round one right now I'm sorry top of round two right now I don't know probably not probably not maybe drops a few spots for me but I don't think I I don't think I drop him all that much Jacobs I never went uh, uh, I was never in favor of, of drafting oh, him God, no. anywhere near his value. Pollard, this is the best thing that could have happened to Tony Pollard. Um, everything going on. But the the impact of Tony Pollard in terms of 2023, it's not great for his dynasty appeal, though, because you want him locked down. If he gets injured this year, he doesn't have anything waiting for him. And, and if he gets injured again this year, nobody's giving him a starting job with a fat contract. 
at best, he's going to hit free agency in 2024. The, the Cowboys won't even bring him back if he gets injured again and misses the entire season. And he's got to go into a, a, a cloudy situation and try and earn a job, let alone get a fat payday. So dynasty risk is definitely on the table here, but doesn't mean he won't deliver. You know, we love Tony Pollard. But the best thing that ever happened to Tony Pollard was, A, people are going to be like, oh, he didn't get a long-term deal. So 2023, he'll drop just a smidge because of that alone. Just like when Hopkins got his deal, you know, even though everyone knew he was going to land somewhere, Hopkins' value went up because he was in the news. He's getting paid bank, to be honest. I mean, he's getting paid a, a handsome amount of money. Hopkins is getting paid How old is, uh, 20. How old is Hopkins? Huh? How old is Hopkins? Uh, Hopkins is, uh, let's see. I'm going to get this exact, uh, Ziggy, how old is DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins is 31 years old and was born on June 6th, 1992. He was, he's 31 years old, born on June 6th. So he just turned 31 years old. Uh, so Hopkins, Hopkins is, um, he's getting paid bank, bro. And Hopkins is getting paid a $3 million incentive package. If he hits 95 catches, 1050 yardage wise, and 10, t- 10 tutties, he gets 3 million. And that's not exclusive. Each of those categories is 1 million, 1 million, 1 million, you know, with, with escalators or whatever. So benchmarks. So Hopkins is getting paid bank, getting paid absolute bank. And, and, you know, I, I just think that, uh, I don't know what we're even talking about at this point. Oh, oh, oh Pollard. So Pollard seeing Hopkins be relevant in, in the spotlight and getting paid bank is moving him up ADP boards, okay? So that's shifting around a lot of people. But what's really amazing is this guy, Derek Henry, and what this 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 seven degrees of, of, of connection and relation, all these different things connected. So Hopkins getting paid bank and having increased value makes Henry have increased value. It's like a cobweb, a uh, spider web on all kinds of things. And when one thing raises up, the cobweb pulls the other part up. And so now all of a sudden, Henry's getting vaulted because of Hopkins. Henry's going from round three into the top of round two above Tony Pollard, shoving Tony Pollard down, probably, I would guess, into the top of round three. And now, all of a sudden, we've got Tony Pollard sitting at 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, instead of 2.8, 2.9, 2.11. And for me, that's amazing. So the real winner here of the last 48 hours is kind of Tony Pollard when when we're talking about all this. Overcome dropping a 499 hauler. Appreciate you, my guy. If you've got a question, please... uh, uh, drop something and get my attention. Uh, you didn't attach it there, but sometimes you just drop four ninety nine haulers for for fun, and that's because you're an amazing man. James with a, a five dollar hauler says, "I tried selling my one point one for twenty dollars in my fourteen team PPR redraft. Nobody wants it. I think I'm gonna take Bijan and hope for Alave, London Watson at the two three turn. Now, is this collusion you're trying to uh, promote here? As you kissed that trophy, did you buy that trophy too, James? Um, or is this an actual type of uh, thing you can do with the the uh, funding that you have? Like sometimes teams can actually sell and and get money back to spend on players. Like I think that might be what James is meaning. <laughs> but I I'd, I'd buy it for twenty bucks. I don't know about you guys. If I saw the one point one sitting on on eBay for twenty dollars, I'd grab it. If I could transition <laughs> it into one of my teams, I don't know. I don't know why no one's biting on that. Twenty bucks seems like a steal in a fourteen team league. Uh, James, update us on what you're talking about there. Uh, Rick with a $10 hauler. Rick gets a moonshot. All $10 haulers go to the moon. So my boy Rick, Rick dropping this. 
Uh, what's your favorite draft slot and why? I'm in a 12-team, three-wide receiver PPR league with six points per passing TD with these running backs all holding out. Would you prior prioritize Bijan? Uh, who would you target in the first five rounds? That, that's a loaded question, and I'll try and answer it as quickly as I can here. Hang tight, callers. It, look, give me the three pick. I don't want to mess around with not getting JJ, Chase, or Bijan. And, and I, even in a redraft league, I'm taking Bijan number three overall. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how many dirty looks I get. I don't care how many people say, Smitty, are you crazy? Like, what are you What are you smoking? CMC, you're taking him over Cooper Cup. I'm taking Bijan number three with a smile. And I'm not drafting him at his ceiling like some of you think I am. I'm drafting a man that I believe is LaDainian Tomlinson, that I believe is Marshall Falk, that I believe is Christian McCaffrey from three and four wow. years ago. If you remember getting the 1.1 in any of your drafts back in the CMC three or four years ago days, or the Marshall Falk days, the LaDainian Tomlinson days, or the Priest Holm days, or the Arian Foster days, you didn't have a guy you were taking at a ceiling value when you got the 1.1. You had a laugh. You, you had a smile. On your face when you looked around the room and you drew the number one overall pick and you looked around and you said, you poor saps out there. I just won the championship just getting the 1.1. That's what people forget because no offense to JT out there and everybody that loves JT. JT was the the least uh, uh, attractive number one overall running back and number one overall player that we had coming out of 2020. Uh, one right because he he had the the least sexy running back one season of players coming into the next year and finishing as the number one RB and coming in he didn't have that powerful crazy amazing season he had the best running back season he was the running back one walking into 2021 and and people have said it like I don't know if he's gonna be what everybody thinks he's gonna be he was the most questioned 1.1 we'd had in a while he didn't fit the bill for being the guy that was Marshall Falk, for being the guy that was LT. And Bijan does. Bijan can outperform his 1.1 value like no other player in fantasy football walking into 2024 and beyond. People just don't know it yet in 2023. People are just scared to draft what they don't know what they're getting. People are scared to take a leap. People are scared that they haven't seen it yet. What have you done for me lately? Nothing yet because he's a rookie. Smitty, he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL. Are we not in the prediction business? Are we not in the prediction game? Are you not watching a channel that you hope isn't cookie cutter and is going to tell you what he thinks is going to happen? Not based on last year, we're going to go ahead and draft this guy, this guy, and this guy. Do you want someone that's going to come out and say, oh, you know, I love uh, I love uh, Diggs because he's done it and he's safe. Or do you want someone that says, hey, guess what? Garrett Wilson and St. Brown might actually outscore Stephon Diggs this, off this season. You know, there is some concern with the turmoil going on in Buffalo. Enough for me to say, you know what? Breakout season's coming for, for Garrett Wilson. St. Brown's going to have the potential to score maybe more touchdowns than any wide receiver in the National Football League. Total touchdowns with the rushing, receiving, uh, at least comparing to Jamar Chase. Like, that's the way that we're going to attack things here on the channel. It's not for everybody. Some people are going to uh, take it the wrong way. Some people don't like an uncomfortable situation. Some people don't like jumping and, and leaping into a little bit of risk when it's cold and calculated. And so I want the three-pick uh, long answer. Long-winded answer, Rick. Give me the three-pick because I get control of my destiny and you probably guarantee yourself, Bijan. You don't know if you're going to get him at four or five or six. If you believe you fully will, the more you work that pick down into four, five, six, the closer your, obviously your second-round pick is. Could be better for you. 
Um, so you're going to have to make that judgment call yourself, but I choose the three pick or the four pick just to guarantee myself Bijan. And I, I'd say give me the three. As for strategy and a three wide receiver, you got to go best player available. I can't give you any sort of set, you know, uh, cemented in plan because that's not how I roll. And best player available does not mean take the top ranked player on the ADP suggested rank. Like some people think that's what I'm saying. I'm saying take the guy you believe is the biggest home run swing. Even if you're reaching four or five picks, he's the biggest home run swing with the littlest uh, risk uh, comparatively, a combination of risk and reward. Basically, when you're on the clock, who can win me a league? Who has the ability to absolutely climb all the way to the top of their position? And you could say that about a couple players all the way through to like round four and five. You know, you could, Fields in five could be the number one player at his position. Joe Burrow in four, number one player at his position. Jameer Gibbs in, in, round, in round four could arguably top one to five at his position. You know, so they're, they're, Walker could be top five. You know, it doesn't have to be number one. Can this guy be a top one to five player at his position? Ask yourself that question every time you're on the clock. It sounds e easier than it is to do, though, because people get pressured into drafting based on position. But that that's my my advice there. Thank you for the ten dollar holler. All right, who's uh who's got something? Uh, let's go over to the Patrick. Um, or actually, hold on one second. I'm sorry. We've got the uh, Frank on uh, Frank the Tank on the line. Frank, what's up? You're live. Hey, Smitty. What's going on, buddy? What's up? Hey, real quick. I'm gonna. I know you brought it up, and I do agree with you about this. I think Tony Pollard walks away the winner on this, uh, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Tony Pollard was a punt returner at Memphis University. The guy only had about 200 and around less than 300 yards total rushing ever in his career at Memphis. He was more of a scat back, too. And with Antonio Gibson there, and all those guys were all there. They people forget that Antonio Gibson was. I mean, if you put Antonio Gibson with the Cowboys. And he just plays in a bad offense. Yeah. Antonio Gibson would be amazing, but they don't know how to use him over there. They, well, uh, I, um, Ron Rivera always comes up with crazy things, ideas that, you know, with him and things like that. And you put in like what the Cowboys are doing with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is so grateful, man, to the Cowboys because they literally have brought him to shine when he was a fourth round pick, you know, and he has literally shined. And, you know, for him, he's like, Hey, I'm gonna sign back, man. I, I'm appreciate. He's so appreciative of what the Cowboys have done for his career. So for him, it's an easy choice to come back to the Cowboys and you know and continue performing and uh, knowing what that he was never really a running back at Memphis. And also, one last point I want to make: the other day I was working out. I was listening to the coach from Memphis, and he said this. He said that he is so surprised that Tony Pollard is still in the league as a running back. He, he would never thought of using the way that, uh, that Dallas Cowboys have used them. And he said he was so surprised that he's one of the top running backs in the NFL and performing. He was so happy for him that, uh, you know, what he's doing. And so, I mean, Tony Pollard, I mean, the guy, and I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. And so I'm just being, but I'm also being objective as well. It, it, he's just, he's just, a, you know, he's really busted his butt and really has worked uh, hard to get his contract, you know, and the franchise tag here. And that's fine. Uh, but let's see what happens from it. But I know he's so appreciative of what he uh, what he's gotten, you know. Yeah, I, I look, uh, and I guess you're not Frank the Tank. You're just uh, Frank the Tank in the chat saying this is not me. Uh, so we're gonna call you Frankie 2.0. Is that okay, Frank or Frankie, whatever, yeah. whatever works. Um, so Frank the Tank, uh, you can call him too if you want. This is why I think Zeke comes back to Dallas. Says Ghost. Um, it's it's possible that he comes back to Dallas. I mean, and that and you know what that's gonna do is gonna it's gonna tank. Tony Pollard's value to the you know, to the floor. He's going to go into round four potentially, bottom around three if Zeke comes back. But that's good because I don't think Zeke is going to threaten anything. Now, do I? I mean, do I want it? It's a it's a it's a give and a take. It's a double edged sword. 
if kind of like Charbonnet going to Seattle, was it more beneficial to have Charbonnet land in Seattle than not? It ended up being the case that it was better. I wouldn't undo it if I could because I like Walker with the threat of Charbonnet better at 5.1 than I ever liked Walker. And I loved Walker better than I ever loved Walker at 15 or 14 or 12 overall. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't view Charbonnet as the threat everybody else does, not because I don't love Charbonnet, but because I can cuff them together, and I don't think Pete Carroll's doing a 50-50 thing, and I think that you'll know what's up at all times, and given that you have to cuff them, and you can cuff them, it's a match made in heaven, and, and Walker is potentially even as good as Charbonnet is. Doesn't mean Walker's not better. Like, people need to understand that. Smitty, you like Charbonnet so much. How are you telling me you still like Walker? Because Walker cost me almost, he, he he went down two times the value down the board and some. You know, instead of getting drafted at 15, double that to 30? No. He's not even going near 30. He's going potentially almost another 15 spots below that now that Derrick Henry's and Hopkins are pushing everybody down even one, two, three draft slots. I, I, I truly, truly, truly believe that Walker is one of the biggest winning league players you cuff him to Charbonnet. The same thing with Pollard. If something happens to, to this situation where, where Zeke comes in, then maybe Pollard goes in round four. You know, and we say to ourselves, Zeke is the best thing that could have ever happened to Tony Pollard in terms of this, you know, a, a, a value, you know, bump downward. But but I'm not scared of Zeke as a shell of himself, you know, and he looks quick in workouts and in shorts. I get all that, but Zeke's not going to hold up. His mileage is heavier than anybody in the entire National Football League by a mile in terms of the RB position. Nobody's relevant that has Zeke's workload. It's like, God, it's like, I don't know how many, how many carries it is. It's insane. The amount of carries this guy's had. It's absolutely astronomical. So I'm not worried about it, but, but, you know, here's the thing is I don't think they're going to go that direction. They could. I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys bring Zeke back because they're really excited about Deuce Vaughn. They got Malik Davis. Um, the only thing that would make me think they might look look to it is because they do want to run the ball more than ever and they want to be prepared if something happens. So it's possible, you know, but but it doesn't detour me and it only makes me excited to think about the opportunities we might have presented to us if Zeke Elliott pushes Pollard down even further. Um, real quickly... Let me go over to uh, Bill from Houston, and then I'm going to go over to to uh, I think I think uh, I think that's it. Bill from Houston, and I'll circle back around the phone line. Bill, what's up? Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Bill. Hey, my bad. Can you hear me, sweetie? Yeah. What's up, Bill? What do you got? What's going on, man? Um, so about the, uh, the Saquon Barkley stuff going on, um, I, I, I just want to want you to confirm this with me real quick. I thought I'd seen a report saying that he was asking for like CMC money. Um, now was that true or was that, did I read a false report? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that at all. I mean, he, he was asking for, he even came out and said, I'm not trying to break any franchise records. I'm not trying to break the running yeah. back market. I understand my value. I understand the running back market. I'm not looking for breaking any sort of records. The, the, the word was there was about 16 mil that he wanted. Now, who knows? We don't really know for sure what it ended up. Maybe he got pissed off and he wanted more. Maybe he walked in and said, you want to okay. give me 15? I said 16, now I want 17. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know right. if this guy went off the rails or something and we don't, because we don't have all the back end information. 
But from what I heard, from what I trust, he was he was asking for about sixteen. The team was wanting to give him thirteen, and 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 they were inching it up closer and closer together. Now, what it could have come down to, bro, is stuff we'll never know or we'll find out later. That maybe it, they were offering him fourteen and a half, but they were only guaranteeing a certain amount, and so therefore it wasn't really a fourteen point five million okay. dollar. Tough, tough to know. Tough, tough to know. Yeah, I think CMC is making like twelve, thirteen million a year. So I mean, that's not too far from that range. But if you can't pay him around fourteen, fifteen, I mean, I don't think that's really asking too much. Do, do you it's think not. Is, is, he, is he over paying himself? It's not, but it's how do you how do you force them? How do you force a team? That's the part that's that's tough. But here's the crazy stat that we had earlier, with with the, with no long term deals for Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard, the franchise tagged RBs that came down to the eleventh hour here yeah. today at four o'clock Eastern. Um, no no running back. Yeah. The last time a running back signed a long term contract worth ten million dollars or more per season was Nick Chubb in twenty twenty one. So that that is actually pretty crazy, and if you want to say that Barkley's trying to to fight for RBs or something, then maybe Barkley should have signed the first deal that we've had over ten million dollars per year over since twenty twenty one. Maybe Barkley should have signed a fourteen million dollar deal to help trigger running backs to get paid more. Because guess what, the the more we don't have running backs inking thirteen to fourteen million dollar deals, the more likely we may not see them get even. 11 and 12 million dollars a deal a, a year type deal you know what i mean like yeah. maybe barkley's best as, uh, his best assist here for the rb struggling to get paid was to accept something that would have put him back on the map above 14 you know what i mean like i, I know he wants to get his bag but but he wasn't going to get 16 um the market's not there for 16 maybe another team potentially could have traded him uh, or or paid 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 him 16 if he was able to to get traded you know, franchise tag traded, signed to a new deal, but that wasn't, you know, yeah. likely to happen. It, I, I just don't, yeah. you know, I just don't know how this is going to serve him well because he's going to be 27 well, next year. And Eckler's 28, not e- not even getting his own team to give him a long-term deal. All that Eckler's done for the Chargers, right. they would be the one team that would be like, look, he's earned it. You know, we're going to give him a two-, three-year deal extension. And bring them back on a two, three year deal. The Chargers wouldn't even do it at 27 years old because RBs are are just projected to drop off at 27, for sure 28. You know they start to drop off. Traditionally, Henry's the first running back in in, in a while to really break that that trend. But it's not like he's breaking a trend and leaving a path for the other RBs to do it. He's the anomaly, and and so. Derrick Henry entering his year, year 29 age season, it's a lot harder to imagine him playing healthy all year long. Hopkins certainly does help, though, because he because Derrick Henry facing eight-man front after eight-man front at 29 years old was not a pretty picture uh, to paint. But now he's got Hopkins oh, stretching yeah. the field. Maybe he stretches out more games. I think his climb into maybe even low round one or the 12-13 turn picks is a little high. I think that's going to be a knee-jerk reaction to, to vault Henry up into borderline round one material ADP wise but I can understand him climbing to the bottom of two I could see myself drafting him at the two three turn at like 24 25 but I have a feeling that's not even a place you're going to ever see him right um, yeah, I, I get it I mean I think CM, I mean I'm sorry Saquon Barkley he's um I'm sure he is trying to look out for his fellow you know running backs and stuff like that do you, do you think that it's more of a big issue that he's seen how they just 
immediately pay Daniel Jones? That's kind of where he could be more upset about? Uh, or do you think it's just more uh, running backs, running backs, running backs? You know, I, 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 I think that they can't – a running back's got to put himself in check if he's looking at other positions. I know they want to very badly go, well, what about Hopkins? What about Danny Dimes? What about this court, seeing this quarterback? Like Joe Burrow going out and getting a, a you know, uh, God, I don't know what his contract's going to look like. It's going to be insane. Joe Burrow's contract's going to be absolutely unbelievably crazy. You know, yeah. let's say he goes but out Burrow's and, played good without Mixon. Yeah, Daniel Jones. I mean, he hasn't done anything. So, Marcus. so you know, if he goes out and gets fifty, <laughs> I don't know, fifty-four million a year, you know, times times uh, let's, let's just say five. Like he goes out and gets this two hundred to three hundred million dollar deal, and Bar- Barkley can't get sixteen million times two. You know, like it's got to be very frustrating because w- one could argue Barkley's Maybe. as important to the Giants as. Most quarterbacks are to their team. I wouldn't say Joe Burrow. I wouldn't say Mahomes. I wouldn't say Hurts. I wouldn't say Josh Allen. I wouldn't say Fields. Right, I wouldn't right. say T. Law or Lamar. You know, but and or Herbert. But when you start getting past like the top eight quarterbacks. Barkley's is important to his team. More important to his team than Danny Dimes. Like I think you could have potentially done something differently. Agree. You know, so like it sucks to watch a quarterback go get, you know upward of 250 plus million dollars which joe burrow's surely going to get and this guy can't even he's getting offered a handout you know like here to hit to, to to that scale and comparatively but but at the end of the day bro we cannot force teams hey you better pay that guy more than you think he's worth like we can't you can't do that there, there could only be some sort of franchise tag you know running backs excluded uh or if you franchise tag an rb maybe you got to pay him top three at their position or something like that. Something where you're not saying, oh, you pay them more. Um, so, you know, that that's the only thing I, I would say. I would say that you, you could do something along the franchise tag, you know, area. Like, hey, you you franchise tag a player's top three at their position. Like that that would be something I think you could do. It wouldn't yeah. be that unfair to the other the other the other uh the other the other players in the NFL. You know what I mean? Something a little bit different along those lines. The franchise tag was never meant to be for anybody but RBs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Killa kill, uh, just became a YouTube exclusive member. I met this man out at uh, Stadium Swim at Circa Las Vegas. This man is an absolute monster, uh, uh, an absolute uh, amazing person. And Killers, I appreciate you, my man. I'm giving you a standing ovation. Yeah. Appreciate you, and he just became a member. Just a generous, amazing person. Uh, appreciate meeting you, my man. I met so many amazing people. We got Reebok in here. We got Killers in here, and and these guys. I just met some of the best people, that, you know, at this event. And we're doing, I believe, Aaron and I, the head of marketing at Stadium Swim. Hopefully, we'll be getting together in the next, you know, couple months or something, and organizing a, a, an event that's just for our channel. Like, you know, do some sort of. Uh, set up where we go and do a 2024 Smitty Ball, you know, where everybody's got to bring a cane to get in, kind of like a suit jacket at a nice restaurant. You're you're required to bring a cane to get into this environment, and so expect that to to maybe you know be be uh, cooking here very very soon. Um, appreciate you, Andy, the Patrick, uh, uh, Bill, Bill, hang tight real quick. D class, I appreciate you, Frankie 2.0. 
Um, and now we got Scared Scott on the phone. Scared Scott, what are you scared about today, young man? Hello? Scared Scott, hello? You're on mute, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't realize it. The, I'm scared of the Dalvin Cook situation. You're scared of Dalvin Cook? First, uh, first of all, a $7 million offer in, in the Vikings. There's there's you know, one fifth plus 150 odds to the Patriots. The Jets are involved. They're third in this list. Denver's fourth. Uh, you know, it, it, there's so many implications behind it all. And I don't know what to make of Madison could go to nothing now. Rabonde Stevenson could go to, won't be any better than a six round pick if Cook goes there. Yeah, I know. I know you're it's petrified, Scott. Scott, I know you're scared. Uh, scared Scott right now. That's why it, we call you scared Scott. You're petrified. It, you sound this, petrified right now. What, what, what are you most petrified about Brees Hall that the Jets are are in that kind of mix? Um, uh, Akilla says, how do I send you a $20 so you can get more cans of Coke Cola? Uh, you can, there should be a, a dollar, uh, sign right by to do it, to drop a super chat. By the way, Killers, if you drop a $20 super chat, I get up and make it rain. Um, so, you know, we got, we got a stack of, of dollar, dollar bills here to make it rain for you. Just so you know, any $20 haulers, you know, we do a little, I'll do, do a little, uh, make it rain show. Um, and this isn't your traditional, like at the, at the, at the club, this is, you know, a studio family friendly, making it rain type of situation. Uh, scared Scott. You're, so you're most petrified about what Brees Hall. Is that what you're trying to say? You're petrified that cook's going to come in and get paid bank to be, well, to be I'm the just, starter in, in, in New York. The, I have a shit ton of Alexander Madison where I was grabbing him up in these early redrafts. He's not going like back to Minnesota. He's not going back to Minnesota. I mean, stranger things have happened, Scott. Stranger, stra- stranger things have happened, but I don't think he's going back to Minnesota. Um, I, I think he's. I think. I think they. Table. Who's going to beat that after the mixing? I. I don't know. I'm going to check into that. I don't know that that's an exactly accurate report. Let me, I'll look into it for you. But but if if they're offering him more money than anybody else, he certainly would accept it. I imagine. But we'll have to see. Maybe Madison got banged up. I'm not that worried about. I haven't been drafting Madison all over the place, so I'm not that scared, well, Scott. I'm not that I, scared well, of Madison losing his job. We haven't been pushing Madison on this channel a whole lot. We've talked about how he's kind of got risky value at round five, Scott. He's good in round six, but he's not like great in round five. I was, I was he's a, grabbing him up everywhere in the seventh. Well, you shouldn't have been doing that, Scott. I told you not to. Well, when all the when all the the stuff hit on Cook. Madison in the seventh, eighth round was a hell of so, a yeah. That, I mean, that, that's okay. I'm not. I'm not mad at the seventh and eighth round. Um, uh, Matthew. Uh, Matt, Matthew, appreciate you becoming a member. You've been a member for two months. Appreciate you, Matthew, dropping that that exclusive message here. Uh, Killers became a member today again to the Moon Killers. Appreciate my to boy. The moon. Uh, Killers in the house. Decker dropped a, a 4.99 holler. Hold on, Scott. Let me address your concerns in one second. I've got a. I've got a super chat here that, that needs attending to. This is from uh, Deckard. Deckard dropped a super right now. 
and said, uh, $5 hauler, thoughts on going late running back with Walker, Charbonnet, and Pacheco and McKinnon. I know you like those cuffs, but wanted to see what you thought on grabbing all four. I love all four, and they're all affordable, Deckard, to the point where you could go wide receiver, wide receiver, Joe Burrow if you wanted. You know, so absolutely fine with that. I even like throwing Gibbs in there. Go Gibbs, Walker, Charbonnet, and you can still get Pacheco and McKinnon and have a, a monster trio of running backs, and you don't have to touch your first, your second uh, round pick. So you could essentially go like, uh, you know, St. Brown and Alave or or uh, St. Brown and Garrett Wilson, you know, depending on where you're drafting. If you're drafting with a bunch of grandmas, and you probably pull that off. And then you could come in and get Gibbs and Walker. And you could get Fields in round five. Can you imagine walking out of your draft with Fields at quarterback, uh, Gibbs and Walker, Pacheco as your triple RB stack, and having the backups and cuffs, and having St. Brown and Alave even. You know, that that would be an amazing way to go. Appreciate you, Decker, dropping that, uh, that uh, wad on screen. Overcome dropping a $5 hauler. Who are we, who are we all sleeping on? All of you, I mean, you guys are astute. I don't know that I could find a, a name that all of you are sleeping on, but I think the whole world is sleeping on Kenneth Walker. Uh, you know, the, the the best four picks in fantasy football. These guys right here, Burrow round four, Gibbs in round three, four, Walker in four, five, and Fields in five, sometimes even later. I mean, this is what we're talking about. These are the these are the, the guys being sl- uh, slept on the most. And we got Killers dropping his $20. Alert. Super chat alert. Alert. Super chat alert. Killers. Killers dropping the $20 holler like there's no tomorrow. Appreciate you, my man. That guy just loaded me up with a, another case of uh, the Mexican Coca-Cola that your boy likes to get at the at the local, like, you know, Costco or there's a couple places, Smart and Final, uh, similar place. You get that case of the Mexican Coke. Uh, Mexican Coca-Cola uh, does a body good. Um, I'm cutting back on having a lot of them because I'm working out. I'm trying to drop the LBs. I've been intermittent fasting. So I'm putting myself in a good position to still drink a good one or two of those a day and not have a big problem. Uh, Killers, appreciate you dropping that $20 hauler. Love having him in the building. This guy's a, this guy's an animal. And I know Reebok's still out there. Killers says he's working right now, so he's got to be a little careful. Uh, I am the worst thing for people's productivity at work, and I take pride in that. Nothing makes me feel better inside than people saying, Smitty, I should be working right now, but I'm <laughs> watching the show. I'm, uh, I don't know. It just makes me feel good that you guys got me in a, in a pod in your ear, and I'm making your day a little bit better because even if you disagree with me, even if you don't like me, uh, I, I, the banter, the, the, the different opinions, the fact that we can all come in and, and talk about things from different angles, you're getting something out of this show, you know, not to mention the phone calls. You guys can call in anytime you want. Killers can go into the bathroom or under the, the desk and just give us a ring. The phone number's on screen. Uh, appreciate you, my guy dropping that $20 holler overcome. Appreciate you dropping that, uh, $5 holler. You've been dropping fire for a while now. Space Ricky drops a two ninety nine. says Barkley two, $2.2 million guaranteed. Uh, was uh, yearly was lower, so Barkley was getting two point uh, twenty two point two million dollars guaranteed. 
I don't know that he's getting more than that next year. But the, the thing is, even if he gets close to it, he'll get $10 million plus that. So at the end of the day, he's going to get like $30 million if he can make it out of 2023 unscathed and go get a two-year deal with with uh you know a, a, let's say twenty million dollars guaranteed eighteen million dollars guaranteed, if he can go out and get that kind of deal next offseason, then it's going to be a W for him. But he has to bank on himself, and that's good for us if we're investing in Barkley, and it's also good for him showing up in the next couple of days and taking a little time to let the the dust settle. But you know, at the end of the day, if he's banking on himself, guess who's got to get in there very very soon and get to work? Saquon Barkley. You know, so he decided by not signing a 20 plus million dollar guaranteed deal, he decided then and there that he had to bank on himself. A guy banking on himself doesn't just not show up and play. You know, he's got to go out and deliver. So I firmly believe this will get resolved, let the dust settle. He's pretty pissed off right now. You can't blame him, but he will, he will be reporting here shortly. Uh, let's go over to Scared Scott again. Scared, Scared Scott, let me just say this, Scared Scott. I know you're you're worried about what Dalvin Cook could do to somebody's and rain on somebody's parade and situation. Certainly could. Like Dalvin Cook is not a, a washed up player yet, but he he's probably not capable of playing 17 balls to the wall seasons. You know, so wherever he goes, Miami's the most fitting. I think he probably wants to play there the most. I believe they're going to be in the ballpark of being the most aggressive. I've heard that. Similar to when I said Tennessee. When, when I was asked before I went to Vegas, I was asked in like two, three, four streams in a row, where's, where's Hopkins going to play? Where's Hopkins going to play? What did your boy say? I said that Tennessee had a kung fu grip, had a kung fu grip on on, on, on Hopkins. Um, it, things could have went sideways. Things could have went 100 different directions. But if you asked me before I left for Vegas, I t- my answer to you was, Hopkins is likely going to Tennessee. We even did that Tennessee live stream when he went to visit and they they did all the 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 artwork and stuff like that and he was posting pictures. He had a good meeting and visit with Tennessee. Um I if I had to say I would say Dalvin Cook feels most likely to go to Miami, but it could certainly flip like that. And if he went back to Minnesota, I don't really care that much similar to Hopkins going to Tennessee. It did the the least amount of fantasy damage. And, and I, I did a video a little while ago saying that we, we like Madison. We like Madison, but he doesn't feel long-term. You know, dynasty-wise, this is the best thing that could happen for us because Madison didn't have a lot of dynasty appeal because he has so much to prove anyway. He's been in the league for a while. I know he's still young, relatively young, but at the end of the day, how many years have you been in the league? How many years have you been a backup? How, how long is it taking you to get to this point? And while we could say the same thing about Pollard, to some extent, he was in the driver's seat last year and he played phenomenal. Okay, he just got hurt, but he played phenomenal. He didn't really disappoint except for getting hurt, but he still played amazingly when he was on the field. So Madison, I don't know. Yards per carry on the career aren't the most impressive. It's not like this guy just knocked it out of the park every time he stepped on the field. He's done well sometimes. He's done well other times. He's done bad sometimes. And I didn't really have a lot invested in him. And when I talked about people drafting him in five, I said, be careful. Be careful taking him in five. Scared Scott, you got him at seven, eight. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But, but if you drafted this guy in round five, high round five, you're playing no, with fire I, anyway. I never, I take him above seven at all. So. Yeah. So so I I don't I don't think you have too much to be worried about. Now, if he went, if if Brees Hall gets affected, if 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 let's say Dalvin Cook signs with the New York Jets. That's bad. 
Like, I don't like that. It's, it's not the end of the world for Brees Hall, but it's just not good to have that productive and, and efficient of a player touchdown machine, you know, Doesn't potentially. to you that if they're pursuing him that hard, because it's obviously are they, becoming very... Are they pursuing him that hard, though, Scared Scott? I don't think they are. I think the media is trying to tell you that because they've had some interest in it. But you know what they've had interest in? Buying him cheaply to back up Brees Hall. You know, so yeah. what, what do you? What have we heard? Have we heard that the, the the Jets are coming strong with a massive you know offer? No, I don't think they're even playing in the in the game. I think they've called him up. They pressed the button. They made a little phone call. Hey, so we got about four million that we could send you. No, he he hangs up. He's going the other direction. Just like the the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, or more realistically, um, the Cleveland Browns, or or anybody that was in the the DeAndre Hopkins game. A lot of those were low ball offers. And if you remember, do you remember what I told you? I told every single one of you that New England wasn't getting DeAndre Hopkins. And how many people came in here running their mouth, screaming and yelling at me when they said the reason they signed Devontae Parker was to make room for DeAndre Hopkins. Just trust it. Smitty, trust the process. No, they made a decision. There was, there was a deductive reasoning process that you could have went through when Hopkins, Hopkins left New England. A deal didn't get done. There was no positivity. There was no movement toward a deal. There was a big lull and gap in between when Hopkins visited and when you heard any news at all. And they went ahead after a big amount of time and space between the visit and signing uh, Devontae Parker. They moved forward with Parker and inked him to, yeah, a deal that saved them money up front this year, but it's still a long-term commitment and a lot of money on paper to a player with incentives, yeah, but to a player that plays a position that they were probably no longer seeking a player to get onto the roster and play wide receiver. Would Bill have entertained Hopkins on a cheap deal still? Absolutely. He would have changed his direction and said, let's add another wide receiver. But their intention of signing Devontae Parker was they were waiting, nothing was happening, they moved on. And so I think the Jets, in similar fashion, are going to have so much money that they can offer to say, hey, we want to be careful. We want to. We have Aaron Rodgers. We have a lot invested in this year, and we have a player coming off an ACL tear who is going. Who's going great? He should be ready for Week One for sure. He's for sure going to be ready for Week One. The question isn't will Brees Hall be ready for Week One. It's how many carries is he getting in Week One. And so, if you're a team, if I'm if I'm the if I'm the the, the decision maker in New York, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going asking about Hopkins. I'm asking about Dalvin Cook. I'm making offers to these guys. I don't care about that Brees Hall is my starter. What what I want is to have an arsenal of players at my disposal if bad things happen. But I'm not going and paying him starter money and stepping on Brees Hall's toes. I'm not going and paying him starter money when I'm not going to use him as a starter. And I'm certainly not starting over Brees Hall. So th- this is more of a like, hey, hey, Brees, do you mind if we, you know, poke around and see if we can get you, you know, secured and backed up just in case something happens, you know, whatever. This is not, hey, Brees, about- we're bringing in a guy we're paying bank and you're going to have to compete with them. That's not the case. So I think the Jets are by default looking into it, but they're not in the game. But you never know. Stranger things have happened, my guy. Would you start, would you start shopping uh, uh, Ramondre for and see if you can't grab a – a walker and another receiver or something like that at this point? Start shopping Ramondre. Why? Like you're saying that like something happened to Ramondre. Well, well, they, the Vegas just moved uh, the Patriots into the favorite row. To for, land Cook. For Dalvin Cook? Um, yeah. 
They just Vegas just made them the favorite, the Dolphins second, the Jets third, and the Broncos fourth. Let me let me see if I can find these these. Uh, not that I don't trust you, but I, I would love I would love to know. Uh, recent notable yeah. running back holdouts, by the way, from Adam Schefter. Uh, th- this is important information to to share real quick. Scared Scott, and then I'll get back to your your uh, your comment here. So hang sure. tight. This right here are the notable holdouts um, for RBs. Let me put them on screen here. Uh, Alvin Kamara, twenty twenty. Notable recent running back holdouts in light of what is now expected with Saquon and Josh Jacobs. Ezekiel Elliott, 2019. Melvin Gordon, 2019. Lev Bell, 2018. Maurice Jones-Drew, 2012. Chris Johnson, 2011. Steven Jackson, 2008. Larry Johnson, 2007. A lot of these did not end well. Holdouts always lead to a, a high increase in injury risk. But what 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 is not also told here is the the changes in the NFL holdout, you know, uh, rules and 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 fines. It's a lot. E- it's a, it was a lot easier to hold out back in the day because you could just have a team say, "We'll waive those fines." When a player was being fined per day, it was a joke. The player was the player would come to the table and say, "You know what? My holdout's over. I'll sign this contract, but you waive them fees." And they're like, "Yeah, you got it. Just clear the bill. Put it on my tab." Now it's they're obligated. The the fees cannot be removed. So very 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 different uh, situation. Um, as far as the Vegas odds to land Dalvin Cook, uh, New England Patriots, I'd have to f- pull that up. Where you where you find that, Scott? Let me go look for it. Where is it at? I'll look for it. Hold on. Uh, Vegas odds, odds Dalvin Cook. Because we don't, we don't mention we're an underdog we're an underdog uh, a group over here, so we're not going to mention those other names. Um, let's see here. Dalvin Cook running back odds. Uh, Dolphins Super Bowl odds on. On uh, have moved twenty five hundred to two thousand today. Does Vegas know Dalvin Cook is coming? Does Vegas know Dalvin Cook? People in <laughs> people in Vegas, man, he's not going to Vegas. Uh, let's see here. Oh, to the Dolphins. Okay, I thought they were saying Vegas. Okay, that was just the Vegas line. Never mind. So yeah, yeah, uh, Dol- Dolphins. I don't know. This was five. Uh, that was old. Hold on. Let me find. Let me find out. Vegas odds. I'm not seeing a, an update there, Scott. But, but I mean, we don't know where Dalvin's going to land. We don't know where Dalvin's going to land. But Minnesota doesn't appear to be high on the list that you had. You had a, a big concern of that. Okay, this right here from Overcome. I'm a carpenter and have earbuds in my ears all day. So whenever you go live, I put them, uh, put the videos on odd hours. It makes the work day. I you on. I've been sitting here talking. Well, yeah. No, Eisner just tweeted out that the – Patriots are now plus one fifty. The Dolphins. Who, tweet, who tweeted out? Who tweeted that out? Jamie Eisner. Eisner. Eisenberg. Um, and and let's see. Dolphins are plus. Patriots are plus one fifty. Dolphins are plus two hundred. The Jets are plus four hundred. Then it goes all the way up to plus twelve hundred. Okay, I got it. I got it right here. I got it right here. Let me put it on the screen. So this is interesting. Let me put it on screen here. Hold on. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, you missed my $5 Super Chat. Smitty says, James. Uh, James, I'm sorry. Let me go look for it right now. Super Chat. James. Uh, here here it is. Isaac. No, no. That was the old one. I got that one already, James. I didn't miss that one, right? I missed another one from James. James, appreciate you. Overcome, appreciate you. Uh, Wolfer dropping a, a $10 hauler. Isaac dropping a $5 hauler. Appreciate you. Killers, thank you for dropping your $20 hauler. Deckard, Overcome, Space Ricky, uh, James, uh, Rich, 
Uh, Isaac, James again, rock out, overcome. Okay, this might be the other one that, that James uh, dropped that I missed. Hold on. What is your favorite draft slot? No, I, that was the first one. I must have, I must have, I must have. Oh, James, here we go. The trophy goes to, okay, I'm going to get to that. Let me put it right here, James. Appreciate your $2 hauler to let me know about your $5 hauler. You're an absolute monster. Let me put that over here and put that over here. Okay, here we go. So here are the odds, the Super Bowl odds to land Dalvin Cook that apparently just got updated. Patriots, 150. Dolphins, 200. Jets, 400. Uh, Broncos, 1,200. Cowboys, 1,500. Bills, 1,500. Commanders, 1,500. Okay. So, I mean, that is interesting. So your, your question earlier is, do you sell Ramondre Stevenson off of this news? I mean, first of all, I don't know that this guarantees anything. You know, you could just end up having a knee-jerk reaction to this and screwing yourself out of Ramondre. But if you're going to get Walker and a wide receiver, I'm I'm fine with you getting Kenneth Walker. Like, I draft Kenneth Walker over Stevenson half the time, and half the time I'd take Stevenson, and I'd probably divide uh, divide that up, right? I want to put all – I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket because I think both of them are amazing, so I don't mind dividing it up. I'd be okay with something like that, but if you go off selling Ramondre Stevenson off of panic, and you don't get what's what he's worth, then you could be really screwing yourself. But am I okay with Walker and a wide receiver? It depends on the wide receiver, but technically, if you gave me Walker and Charbonnet both for Stevenson, I'd take it because I'd probably take that anyway because that's how much I love Kenneth Walker. But going and getting just Walker and no Charbonnet is a little risky, Scott. All right, Scott, hold sure. on one second. I'm okay. going over to the Patrick real quick. The Patrick, what do you what do you think about these odds, the Patrick? And do you make what do you make of this? Four hours ago, um, this dropped. Patriots plus one fifty, Dolphins plus two hundred, Jets plus four hundred. So the Jets and Broncos, I think, are probably not in the running. This comes down to the uh, the amount of money probably being offered. So really, it does feel like it's coming down to the Dolphins and Patriots. I still think it's going to be the Dolphins. I don't think the Patriots, it makes sense. But you know what? What the Patriots Patriots do year in and year out doesn't make sense, period. Like double tight ends, Devontae Parker. Would anybody be surprised if they decided to spend a majority of their money on Dalvin Cook when you got Ramondre Stevenson instead of DeAndre Hopkins and you pull Parker in? What in the hell's going on with the... What's going What's going on with this? The New England Patriots. If this is true, this is an absolute debacle. The Patrick. I don't. I don't pay attention to the mods. This year alone uh, uh, taught me not to pay attention because wasn't it three or, about a month ago that the Browns was the odds-on favorite to Lamb Hopkins? Yeah, but but you know they, like, they are it, they are going with the the money and the news and and the deeper you get into the signing, like the closer you get, the more accurate the odds can get. You got to keep that in mind. Like in the beginning, no one knows anything, so it's like the odds are all over the place. And keep in mind, Vegas moves the odds not based on what they think is going to happen necessarily, based on what the people think, because you're going to be on both sides of the fence here, right? The the way Vegas odds work is this 150 line moves based on how many people are on both sides of the fence. Vegas moves a line trying to keep an equal amount of people on both sides of the of the bet. And if if let's say people look at this and go, "Oh hell no. The Dolphins are the ones that are going to they're going to be the favorite to get them." And everybody starts piling on that and taking that, they're going to move that line to get more people to go on the other side cuz they just want to take the rate. Right. You know, so so yeah, well- that's why it's wrong in the beginning because nobody knows. But we're deep into this thing right now. 
So I would venture Regardless, to say. Regardless, I don't think it's going to be New England. I, I, I think it's either going to be the Dolphins or I think it's going to be a team that we haven't heard yet. I don't think it's going to be the Jets. I don't think it's going to be the Broncos. So it's either going to be the Dolphins or a team we haven't heard of yet. I, I, I agree with you. I think it probably will, will, will be the Dolphins. I, the Patriots, though, they don't make sense. But guess what? Take, taking Devontae Parker, a guy I forgot was on the roster. To be complete, completely honest, honest with you, I do this for a living. This is all I do. I dedicate my life to this show, to breaking news, to to fantasy radio for twenty years. This is what I do professionally, every single day. I go live more than anybody any of you have ever seen in your life. No one goes live more than this show. We're, we're live as soon as news breaks. But guess what? I forgot Devonte Parker was on the team. When they signed Devonte Parker, I had to seriously go. Was he, was he, wasn't he, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've, Devontae Parker, the fact that the New England Patriots signed Devontae Parker to, yeah, this incentive-based deal, whatever, it's not that much money, Smitty, it was a significant statement that they were closing down their wide receiver room to sign Devontae Parker instead of Hopkins and to sign Dalvin Cook when they've got Stevenson would be par for the course for the New England Patriots. You know, so two days much- before, two days before that Parker contract hit, uh, two different New England beat writers uh, called him a cap casualty. That he was suspected hey, to be a cap casualty. Yeah. Hey, can you hold on a second? I, I don't want to make uh, Wolfer dis, dis, uh, dissuaded from ever super chatting again. Wolfer says, uh, "I think my super chat is going to be faded." No, I'm sorry. We got we had a lot going on. Wolfer, I appreciate your super chat. Let me make it up to you. I don't want you to walk away from this experience saying I'm not super chatting a ten dollar hauler. Next time I'm giving him five. I'm gonna make this the best ten dollars you've ever spent. You're getting a twenty dollar super chat rain dance, baby. Alert! Super chat alert. Attention! Attention, 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 uh, Wolford, I want to dedicate this, this moment to Wolford, Wolford, appreciate you, I've got things all over my screen, Wolford, you are the man, appreciate you, Wolford, to the moon, ascend him to the moon as well, to the moon, give him the treatment, give him the absolute treatment, if the, if the money, the money, uh, Rainmaker, was working. Let's see if we can put a little in for Wolford. Hold on. This thing hasn't worked in a while. Uh, but Wolford, this one's for you. We gotta make it worth his while. This poor guy. This poor guy thought his super chat was gonna go unnoticed. We got the lights on it, the flux capacitor fully loaded up. I gotta hold it down because it's broken. We 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 burned the motor out. We used it so much. Uh, Wolford, anyway, hopefully you, you feel appreciated at this point. Okay. Wolford, his question was, I noticed you have huge love for first and second year players, Alave, Watson, Wilson, London, all being top five wide receivers simply won't happen. Not even top 15. What's your rationale to fade veterans? Thanks, says Wolford. Well, now I don't know that I should have celebrated all this that much, uh, Wolford. <laughs> Just kidding. So what Wolfer is referencing is my Moon Man list. Let's go ahead and look at that real quick. The Moon Man dropping loads in outer space. So Wolfer doesn't believe that that uh, 
we could have Wilson, Olave, Watson, London. Space Moses. Tony, you know, uh, Dotson, uh, Pickens, all on this list as, as breakout wide receivers. But the truth of the matter is, Wolford, it's all case by case. It's not like every year my sophomore class is going to be to the moon, the entire class practically. This is a changing of the guard, an absolutely killer wide receiver, you know, year. And, and there are, are monsters in the making. Now, Dotson, you know, could be top 12, 15. Pickens could be 12 to 15. I'm not saying all these guys are going to be necessarily in the exact, you know, top 10 wide receiver ranking at the end of the year or something like that. But Wilson and Olave are both top five potential wide receivers this year. I, I really believe at least top six, one of them being top four. Top, I think Wilson could be number three. I think Olave could be five to seven. I think Watson could be seven to 10. I think London could be seven to 10. And that may, that may seem crazy to some people. I'm not saying all four of those guys will land. It might seem crazy to people, but. I, I I just don't I just don't think you can say because they all are sophomores or because this has never happened before like it's case by case this particular group of wide receivers is absolutely insane Spencer dropping a uh uh a $5 holler that's my boy Spencer that's my boy Spencer he says make your Scott Fishbowl 13 pick live uh, I, I certainly could. Let's go ahead and pull it up real quick. Hold on. Let me let me make my Scott Fishbowl pick live and in person right now. So hold on. Let me see if my I can plug my phone in here, and hopefully it'll work. But I'm on the clock in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, let me get my, my board up, and let me go ahead and make this pick live. So thank you, Spencer, for dropping the $5 hauler. Uh, Spencer's my boy's thickest skin in the, in the game. Um, I, I went out his pick a little hard. Tua, he took, he's the guy that took Tua at, I think, it was thir- 14 overall. And JT is the number one running back off the board. I wonder why, you know, he loves him so much. He's in his avatar. Biggest JT fan I know. He took JT at 11. He took Tua at 14, I believe, was the two picks. Wolford dropping a $5 hauler. Uh, it was no jab. I was only curious. I have been a part of the fam for only a couple months now. Wolfer, you don't have to apologize for disagreeing with me either. Um, and I'm still going to address your question. Let me just make this pick real quick, and then I'm going to get back to Wolfer's comment. All right, so let me let me pull up the the draft real quick and make my pick. I'm up in the Scott Fish Bowl. I'm going to show you guys my team anyway while we're at it. So here is uh, here is my my Scott Fish Bowl league. Okay. Um, Here's my team. If anybody would like to see my team real quick, my team is uh, right here. I've got Justin Fields. I've got Jordan Love. It's a super flex. I've got Barkley, uh, Charbonnet, Jameer Gibbs, Alvin Kamara, Derek McKinnon, Kenneth Walker. So I got Walker, Charbonnet. I got Barkley, Gibbs. I got Kamara. I got Zay Flowers. I got Zay Jones. I got George Pickens. I got Debo Samuel. I got Christian Watson and Cole Komet. This is a .25 per rushing attempt. Full PPR, uh, tight end premium, super flex, Scott Fishbowl draft. So kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and uh, make a draft pick right here. Okay, so um, make a draft selection. I'm on the clock. (sighs) Quarterbacks, I only have the two quarterbacks. Let's take a look at the QBs that are available. Minshew, Tyler Huntley, Davis Mills. Um, there's no one real here of note that I want to grab. So we're going to go ahead and head on over to the RBs. Um, I'm taking a couple wide receivers. RBs, you can start up to five RBs and three wide receivers, which is why I went running back heavy, which is why I went Fields in one. Then I went Jameer, I'm sorry, Fields in one, Barkley in two, Jameer Gibbs in three, uh, and, and Walker in four. And then I came back with Debo. 
and then I got Jordan Love, then I got Christian Watson, then I got Alvin Kamara. So I I, I did pretty well, I think. Now I'm up. I'm trying to grab an RB, I think, here. Uh, what do you guys think here? There's not a lot left. I don't know if you guys can see the screen. You know, I, we'll, we'll scroll down a little bit, but there's not a lot left. Jerome Ford, Cordero Patterson, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Fournette, Elliott, Mostert. Um, God, this is bad. Uh, I, I could cuff Breda, I guess, to Barkley, but I don't, I don't want to pick him here. That's just way too high. You know, kicker kickers are weird, too. You can start four kickers, and Scott Fish always throws some weird scoring in just to make it unpredictable. <laughs> and kickers, I think the number one kicker last year scored just under St. Brown. Because <laughs> so the kicker is scoring is through the roof. It's really, really strange. Hubbard or Ford? Ah, I don't know if I like either one of those guys. Um, Miles Sanders, they have to run the ball, and Miles Sanders misses four games a year. I yeah, think Hubbard I, is a good... May, maybe later, but... Um, let's see here. What other RBs are around? I'm trying to I'm trying to scroll down Mostert. here. Sometimes, yeah, Mostert's not bad. It's not a bad pick here. It looks like um. Let's see here. Let me go to the wide receivers. I, I don't I'm not, look about. Maybe I go Odell here. Odell's still available. That's not bad. Odell, uh, Curtis Samuel. I like Curtis Samuel here. Odell's not bad. I mean, I, I don't love Odell. I think he plays probably seven, eight games, but he's looking quick, and he always tricks you. He always makes you think it's going to be okay, and then he goes out there, and he's just an absolute disaster. Terrence Marshall is out there. That's not a bad pick. Uh, Jaden Reed, Rasheed Rice. Um, I like Jaden Reed a lot. Yeah, that's not a bad. I, I got Jordan Love, not that I need the stack, but I think I'm going to go ahead. I like Jaden Reed too. He's a badass. You, you like him over Odell though? Yeah. Nah, I don't like him over Odell. I mean, Odell's Odell's kind of out of place right here. I feel like Odell's kind of out of place right here. Like it's probably one of the better picks at this point. I'm gonna go Odell. I'm just gonna go Odell. There's other players I can draft later. Uh, team right here looking pretty solid. I, I, I like what I got. I like what I got so far. Okay, let me get these super chats real quick, and then I gotta I gotta jump off and get ready for the 4 p.m. show. Although I guess I could just roll right into the 4 p.m. show. At this point, we got a 200 people in the building. I don't know that I, I want to just bail and come back. Maybe we just roll into the 4 p.m. show. Hold on, let me let me think. Make your Scott Fishbowl 13 pick. Thank you, Spencer, for dropping that super chat. Wolfer, appreciate you. So, and Wolfer, let me get to your question right after this because it's it's a long one. A trophy goes to the winner each okay. season. I just straight up offered it for twenty dollars, one bite, uh, to give me twenty, and the 10 pick. JJ Chase, Bijan, and the 1.1. The trophy goes to the winner each season. So you literally tried to buy with cash, like circumventing the rules, James. I I mean, part of me respects the hell out of that, and part of me shakes my head at the same time. But, but uh, James, appreciate you super chatting. Appreciate you being here. You are an absolute monster. Thank you for super chatting about me missing your super chat. James, you're still in the building. I want to make sure you got my reply. And if you got anything else, please let me know. I'd love to help you with it. Isaac says, bold take. Michael Thomas will play more games than Kadarius Tony this year. I mean, that, that I, could, I could see it happening. I, I definitely would bet against that, but I could see it happening. It wouldn't like, shock me. It wouldn't be crazy, you know. Uh, Overcome, appreciate your super chat again. Thank you, Spencer, again. And Paul Wolfer, appreciate you dropping that. And just to like recap with the wide receivers, I understand that it looks like we've got too many wide receivers. Again, let me show the movement list. 
the moon men dropping loads in outer space. I, I realize this does not feel likely, but this is all case by case. I'm not space I'm not just going at a sophomore wide receiver. I'm actually targeting Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson for a reason. I'm not going after a sophomore wide receiver in this list. I'm going after Chris Olave. All independently, just love every one of these guys. And like I said, will I miss on one or two of these this slew of wide receivers here? Uh, sure. You know, uh, maybe Pickens gets hurt. Maybe London can't get touchdowns. Maybe Watson isn't what we thought, and, 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 we, and we got confused, you know, and Dobbs comes in. Like, there's certainly a possibility, but the two guys that feel absolute locked into me if they stay healthy are these two gentlemen right here. Alave feels top five to seven out of all wide receivers, and Wilson feels three to five. And I, I just don't waver on that. And when we go to the Mars men list. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars men. That's why you see Garrett Wilson here and Alave here. Loads dropping and spinning aimlessly in space. You know, and you could say th same thing about rookies. Smitty, you love rookie running backs. Well, there's a reason they're on the moon men list because rookie running backs do land an awful lot. But these two are on the Mars man list as well. These are all the Mars men. These are your win a league players in 2023. These are the guys that are absolute steals at every freaking turn in your 2023 fantasy football draft. You want to win a league? Draft Alave, Bijan, Burrow, Chase, Wilson, Hall, Gibbs, Fields. They'll all crush their ADP value in 2023. So I appreciate you, Paul, and I know it's hard to to, to soak it in that the, 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 all the wide receivers on my Moonmen list happen to be sophomores, but it's not because they're sophomores, bro. They're It's just an amazing class. We've had classes like that before, too, where you reflect on the class and you're like, damn, that class had a great wide receiver group. Or, uh, group. Damn, that class had the quarterbacks. You know, that, it's not con kind of, you know, it's not that uncommon. Uh it was no jab. Uh, again, no problem, Paul. Appreciate you. You can jab at it. You can definitely disagree with me, too. Don't be afraid to be like Smitty. I don't think it's going to happen. You know? Yep, I'm here. Smitty was asking 1.1 Bijan, JJ, Chase. Always running back heavy. Draft 14-team um, PPR. Guess I could wait and fleece my my wife on a trade again. Yeah, this is the guy, James, who, who, who fleeced his wife in a deal. Called me up, I believe, and tried to give me advice on how to take his wife to the cleaners on a trade in his league, which is so savage. This guy will do anything for that trophy. Look at him. Look at him caressing that thing. That's his. No one's standing in the way of James and his Super Bowl trophy that he's got right in front of him. Uh, I would say if it's running back hungry, even if it's PPR, you're not crazy to go Bijan. Like, don't listen to anybody that says you're nuts to do it. But would I trade down if I could? Absolutely. Because people won't take Bijan number one. I, I think I would at least try and trade down. And worst case scenario, you trade down to three, you get JJ or Chase. You you got some kind of trade advantage, you know, somewhere else. You moved up the third round or into the second round. Like, make someone pay the price for it. And don't tell them who you want. Like, make them think it's JJ or Chase or whatever. Let them use their imagination as to, hey, you're not going to get your guy if you stay at three. You can move up to the to the one spot. And if you can't trade, let's say. And I, I imagine you can trade in your league, James, because you can buy the first, the 1.1. The <laughs> if you can buy the 1.1, I imagine you could trade. So trade down. Don't sell out. Trade down. Trade down. Get Bijan at 1.3. Um, 
But but Jamar Chase, you can't go wrong. If it's PPR, you can't go wrong with Chase. I think he has 1,500 yards, 15-plus touchdowns, has a baller year. You can cuff him to Burrow pretty easily at that draft sl- slot if you wanted to reach on Burrow. Or you just wait for Fields in round four. You know, go two, three turn, go go Chase, go go Brees and, and Tony Pollard. You know, this news up for Tony Pollard maybe moves him down to round two. I I find it hard to believe you can't get Gibbs if you reached really high. It sucks, but it is what it is. Running back hungry league, Gibbs at 3.1. You go, don't take him earlier than third round. I do not want to condone that for all of you out there. Gibbs has to remain in the third round. You really should try to try to get him in the fourth round, but your draft slot won't allow that. So worst case scenario, you go Jamar Chase, you know, uh, Gibbs and, and Alave. I mean that's a that's a killer start, bro. You know Tony Pollard and Gibbs and Jamar Chase, or if you think you could get lucky with Walker and Pacheco and get those guys in your fourth and fifth round, I don't know if you can. You say it's running back hungry. Use your judgment. You wouldn't be crazy at all to go Chase, Jalen Hurts, and uh, and a wide receiver. You know you wouldn't be crazy to do that at all. There's so many ways to go. Best player available. I wish I could tell you a certain approach, but Chase is pretty safe in PPR. I'll just say that. If it's two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex, I probably would lean Bijan. If it's three mandatory wide receivers, two mandatory running backs, and a flex, I lean Chase a little bit just because of the PPR and that it's three mandatory wide receivers. All right, Andy, you're live on the show. Or I've already gone to Andy. Andy, uh, uh, hang tight real quick, Andy. Scuba. Scuba, you're live, then I'll go back to Andy. All right, uh, let's go over to Andy. Andy, you're live. Yeah, I could see uh, Jacobs. I could see holding out. I kind of agree with you that Saquon probably he's probably just that guy. He's going to play for whatever. But um, I was really impressed with Demir White in the preseason last year. But then he was pretty much ghosted the entire season. Do you like Demir White at all? Do you think he has a chance if Jacobs sits out, or what do you think of him? Um. I think Zamir White is in a a bad spot if he ends up getting into the lineup anyway. You know, like if Jake, if it's a bad spot for Jacobs, if Jacobs plays, and, and I'm not saying Jacobs can't be productive at all, but he's going to be facing eight-man front after eight-man front. Jimmy Garoppolo is not moving the chains like people think. He can't throw the football to Adams like Carr could. This organization is just, they got it all wrong. And that's why both Jacobs and Adams both did not want to play football for the Raiders this year. Adams wanted out. Adams didn't want to play. Adams said, "Bring me a quarterback, and I'll play football here." And they brought him Jimmy G. And he said, "I don't." He said his own words, "I don't agree with the direction, but I guess you know I'll make it work. It is what it is." Type of reaction. Same reaction Barkley's kind of taking right now. He didn't want to play. He didn't want to play with Jimmy G. Completely open about this is not the direction that I wanted. That's not a match. That's not a match at all. Jimmy doesn't throw downfield. Jimmy is a first read. Let's get the ball out of my hands real quickly because the longer Jimmy holds onto it, the more likely you're going to get a fumble, uh, an injury, or an interception. And and he's not. This yeah, is not I'm the. I'm a Raider fan. I don't get what they're doing. And it's not. Weird. This, is, this is not the Niners system where you're going to be able to successfully deploy. Let me just throw it to Adams at the line of scrimmage and turn him into Debo Samuel. That's a that's a pipe dream. But for for. Jacobs to not be near the line of scrimmage um, for this offense to not move the chains. I don't think Zemir White just comes in and has amazing production. It's kind of like a, a crappy situation that you finally get Zemir White getting a shot. It's in this situation. 
The, the one thing that could change, though, is let's say Jimmy G gets hurt right away or he gets replaced right away. Um, not wishing injury upon him. I'm just saying if he gets out of the lineup for, for, for some reason, maybe maybe the rookie comes in and, and does better at least throwing the football down the field. Or maybe they bring in Carson Wentz. Maybe they trade for Trey Lance. Who knows? Somebody that's competent enough to throw the football down the field. Right now, it's not that's not there. Like, Adams' value could revive. But how many games does he go through, Jimmy G? Does he play five, six, seven games to where Adams, even if he does get Carson Wentz or Trey or somebody come in that, that can at least throw the football down the field, is it going to be salvageable for you if you if you drafted Adams? Maybe. Maybe not. Um, could, could Adams get traded during the year? Who knows? Uh, tough to say. Um, one, one second. Hold on one second. I got the super chat here. Uh, oh, I already answered that one. Uh, James says, um, James says it's a two wide receiver, two running back, one flex thinking chase. I mean, the fact that it's only two required wide receivers, that makes me want to go. That makes me want to go Bijan, bro. Makes me want to go Bijan because you, you'll end up getting, you know, a Kadarius Tony Dotson combination for your, your wide receiver too. Like you'll probably end up getting, you know, a Debo or a Watson, a Watson in London potentially. Like if you get Watson in London as your two wide receivers, you still get Kadarius Tony or Dotson. You don't need those big name wide receivers. You got an amazing little under underrated rotation of wide receivers, and you stack up at the RB quarterbacks positions. Or you go Bijan and you grab like St. Brown or somebody that falls to your your second round. I probably won't in your your league because it's big. The two three turn, you probably won't see St. Brown there. But Alave, if you get Bijan and Alave, and potentially like I don't know if one of the big three quarterbacks falls, I still entertain that. But I'd more so like you to get Fields in round four or five, um, probably five. Your league's a little bigger than most people, so four would be understandable. But I'd rather see you get him in five. Trevor Lawrence in five. I probably I probably lean Bijan if it's two running backs, two wide two wide receivers and a flex because a lot of people are going to gobble up those RBs. But I would prefer you trade down. And then uh, Ed, Ed uh, E E Rock says uh, thoughts on Lamb this year, bro. I like Lamb a lot, uh, E Rock, but I don't know that this is going to be like a better year for him than last year because they're going to go more run heavy. the The system's changing a little bit. We don't know going from more to McCarthy if it's going to work out beautifully or not, and if it's more run heavy, we want to run the damn ball. McCarthy said himself. I don't know that I see him being unleashed more than you know normal and and also worry about a rocky start now you could say does this make you scared about Pollard not really because I think Pollard's going to get his and he'll be a part of the passing game and the rushing game you know respectively so if things start off slow everything should still be you know pretty uh, conducive for him but I, you know I I don't know that I have lamb as high as everybody even though I'm I'm a freaking lamb truther but, but I think that, you know, 11, 10, 9 overall, I still like St. Brown more. I still like Garrett Wilson more. I still like Bijan more. And and I do like Lamb after those guys. So it's not like I'm down on Lamb. I just don't know if I feel like this will be the year that he, like, blows, you know, expectations completely out of the water. This might be a year where he earns his value pretty closely, earns his value, and you get what you pay for, and you're fine with that. But top five wide receiver year. Possible, but not as much, uh, not as likely as I would like it to be. Uh, Scuba Steve, are you off mute, mute yet? Hello, Scuba. Yeah, I'm here, Smitty. Sorry. What's up, Scuba? Hey, uh, I just want to ask you, um, with uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, he's not getting tagged. Do you think that that motivates him to try to play 
to uh, to try to have a better year and try to, uh, I, I guess, prove that uh, he, he deserves like a long term contract. So, like, are you would that incline you to draft him? Like, would you put him on like your list, or or is uh, is he just somebody that you just want to avoid and just grab somebody else? Uh, uh, someone said my 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 connection's freezing up. Uh, we'll, we'll come back. Hey, hey, Scuba, uh, can you call in and ask this question? I'm going to end the stream right now and come back at 4 p.m. Just about a half hour or so. Right. Okay. Uh, right, I'll, yeah, no I'll, I'll be back. Guys in the phone line, my internet connection is dying out anyway. I got to switch over to a different uh, Wi-Fi anyway. All right, I'll be back. Appreciate you all. Uh, see you at the 4 p.m. show.